Hey guys, before we start today's episode of Emblemcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons, Slurm, Alex, Spino, and Cody for supporting us on Patreon. If you guys want to help us out, you can find us at patreon.com slash emblemcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of season two of Emblemcast. How are you guys doing? New revamped formula. Feels so weird to back. stop counting. I know, right? We were right before this episode started. We're like, "Fuck, what episode is it? 51, 52? And we're like, "Nope, it's it's season weird. two, baby." <laughs> That's really the whole reason for the revamp. We just got tired of counting numbers that are higher than like six. That's Look, true. I can't if I can't count it on my hands. I don't even want it. I don't even want to put forth the effort. Yeah, True. the big the big reveal is we're actually all like first graders and we don't know our our <laughs> multiplication tables yet. I keep having to look it up every time, and it's just well, some really of you, irritating. We some were first of you graders guys... now. We would be starting the podcast like in utero. <laughs> look, don't out. worry about it. It's fine. Some of you guys are still in school, so I don't know. Maybe maybe you are in grade school. Still. <laughs> maybe eternal students. I haven't, I haven't checked actually. Anyway, when you have to eternal. go past your two hands, shit gets wild. <laughs> I don't know what to do after I hit 10. I get lost. <laughs> anyway, how are, how are you guys doing? Doing good. good. Doing good. Doing good. Right, right. I, I, will say, I will yeah. say, I think partly because of the new format, I, I knew last time we had some good energy, and I'm feeling good about playing Awakening, which I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how I was going to feel returning to it. So I am oddly excited to talk about it because if you would have said like three years ago, three, four years ago, hey, let's talk about Awakening, I probably would have been like not, I would have been dreading it. I agree. I, I think, think it's, it's a been... good time to come back to it. It's been yeah. like almost 10 years or actually 10 years. Very oh, close to 10 years. Very close. Close. I think yeah. our last episode will line up pretty close to the 10 year anniversary, actually. But it didn't, It but it wasn't 10 years here, right? I think it took another um, year or two to come to maybe? the States. Yeah, there, there was a delayed. Yeah, it was it was released in Japan. I, yeah, it was in JP in like 2012. Didn't make it over till 2013, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, about. They didn't start doing simultaneous releases until um, the future. It took yeah, three, quite a while. Three houses. I remember it was about February. Echoes was March. like two months though. That was pretty good. It was like a month. Yeah. They were super close. Yeah, they were which super would close. felt really weird after Fates being like a year and a half. Yeah, that took forever for zero It took reason. so long that people just wrote a different plot that was better than what we actually got. <laughs> I will say, I imported a copy of Birthright Fates, and Sorry, I enjoyed it. it way more not being able to understand a word anyone was saying. <laughs> I, 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 I did better than that. I had this limited, special limited edition. Oh, aren't you fancy? Oh. I got that too for some fucking... Like I, I literally have not played it since, you know, then, uh, and I don't like it, but I still got <laughs> fucking limited. I've still got the box and the, the keychains and shit. I'll do you one um, better. I got the special edition, and I bought the 3DS, too. I spent like this, $300 oh, that day. Three, <laughs> ooh, wow. Yeah, that's my, that's my main 3DS, is that Oof. one. 
Is this where you can pre-order the special edition? Yes. No, stop. <laughs> Actually, before we move on to the actual topic of the episode, it's is somewhat in the news because Nintendo is taking down the uh, 3DS eShop, yeah, which means true. that except for us like super nerds who you know, were fans back then and got lucky with the scalper lottery, it will soon be <laughs> impossible to play Revelation legally. Unless it's be, already downloaded. I would, I would yeah. say that's depressing, but honestly it will, it will, not As really. a new you know, person. A new player. And legally. I, I would say... Both uh, of which are like, who cares? You maybe know, you it's a blessing. If you hate yourself. but Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually funny. the reason they're taking it down. They just want to hide Revelations. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm, think pretty, it's no I'm pretty sure they're going to put all. it on. I'm gonna pretty sure they're eventually gonna just port it to the Switch. They're they're not gonna. This is now their excuse Maybe. for money. If not Switch, whatever <laughs> you know, Super Switch Two or whatever it's called. I did Super see a really Switch funny two. conspiracy theory where people point out that you can buy the Metroid Prime trilogy for twenty dollars on the Wii U eShop, but if they That's get true. rid of it in a year and they go, "Hey, Metroid Prime trilogy for Switch, full price, sixty dollars." Oh yeah. There you go. Well, the current yeah, the current rumor with the current rumor with that is originally. I mean, this is all like rumor theory crafting, probably stupid fake Twitter accounts. But yep. the current rumor was like originally it was going to be all three games that were HD upres, and now it's just the first game apparently. So they charge sixty dollars when you could get three games. <laughs> they, the they did that with like Pikmin when they ported it over to the Switch. They then raised the price on the Wii U. Yeah, show. same. <laughs> Same thing with uh, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was $50 on Wii U originally, but it, it went down to 20 because it was one of those Nintendo Selects games. But then, nope, 60 when it's on Switch. Anyway, right. we'll, we'll have, we'll uh, have Nintendo more. Nintendo is a, is a not great company, but I think it's time we move on. Yeah, we'll have more Nintendo news later on. But I before we kind of get talking about the plot and everything like that, do you guys have any memories of this game, like first playing it? I, I do Definitely. have some memories. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I first started playing this game in 2015, which uh, eagle-eyed viewers will know is the year that this podcast started. Mm-hmm. Um, Had you not played it before I was really this? scared. Sorry? Had you not played it before this, or was that like just... No, I had not it? played it before. Uh, well, no, I played it uh, like summer 2015. My friends were all talking about it. Uh, the permadeath had really scared me. Like, I'd heard of the series from Smash Bros, and I was like, oh no, I'm not playing any of that permadeath stuff, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, FE12 wasn't localized, uh, but everyone was like, oh, Awakening's great, it's so good, you should play it, and I did, and I, uh, I was traveling that summer, so there was a lot of time where I was just kind of sitting in my room playing it, and the thing is that even as that little Fire Emblem baby that didn't know how to play, um, casual mode got really boring really <laughs> fast. Oh, yeah. So I got to, like, chapter... 12 or 13 and i was like yeah i'm gonna start this over on classic <laughs> you were playing normal yeah. mode i'm assuming right yeah no yeah. and if i'd been playing like hard casual or whatever it, it probably still would have been fine but i'm glad i didn't because uh, mm-hmm. normal classic was a much better way to to jump in um mm-hmm. and that part of that was like looking up how to do stuff in the game and amidst all of those tutorials were like people griping on reddit about casual mode uh, which is how I got involved in the Fire Emblem fandom. Um, and then I <laughs> the saw some nerd being like, yo, I'm starting a podcast. Uh, I'll take fucking anyone. And I was like, well, I'm not good enough for that, but I'll, I can be the editor. <laughs> and and that's how Emblemcast was born. I remember. I have a kind of fun memory. So uh, when this game first came out, I've told this story. Uh, well, I've told 
parts of this story, I guess, on the podcast before. So my first game in the series was Radiant Dawn. I just, you know, I saw Ike on the cover. I played it. I was like, where the That's hell is Ike? That's a lie. Ike's not on the cover of Radiant Dawn. Is he not? It's no. so he's Zakaya. on the back, maybe? Yeah. No, I know he's, he's on the he's cover advertised on it all, I'm pretty sure. It, that's it's that's so supposed to be like the surprise. It's so that Vikaya are, are, yeah. are on the cover of the random Wyvern Rider. It's Ike, such a Ike is on the back, back about Dan and stuff, too. I think Ike is on the back, because I knew he was in the game. Or maybe he was in one of those back when games actually had like little manuals and stuff inserted in, in them. He might have been in there. Anyway, I heard of Fire Emblem. I was like, Ike's cool. I want to play Fire Emblem. I played Radiant Dawn. I was like, why can't I control my character? What's going on? Where's Ike? And I kind of stopped like very quickly into part one. Um, but then the 3DS Ambassador program came out. I played Sacred Stones and really liked it. I played, I think, a little bit of FP7. And this was all when, uh, you know, there was all this hype about Awakening. At first, we weren't even sure. I believe, if I remember correctly, we weren't even sure if it was going to get localized here. There's the whole story everyone knows that if it didn't sell well, you know, it was probably going to be the final game in the series. But ended up coming out here it came out if if my memory is correct like like february or march 2013 um and my yeah i know and uh my friend and i were very excited for the game to come out uh and we had been working on a science fair project together so i was at his house and we were working the entire night and um it was time for me to go home, but we both wanted to get the game. So we somehow convinced his, I think his mom or his dad to drive us to Target. And Target was going to close within like 10 minutes. So we ran back to the game section and they were sold out <laughs> of copies of Awakening, which we were super surprised about, but was, I guess, a good sign of things to come. So we then like ran to the other end of the store to buy 3DS eShop gift cards. And, uh, both put $40 on the gift cards and went home, and the rest is history, I guess. I, I also played... I, I had played a little bit of um, Fire Emblem before, like I said. I think if not finishing Sacred Stones, at least getting pretty far into it. So I played it on normal classic mode originally. And I think, yeah, I agree, Huster. I think that's probably... For your first Fire Emblem experience, that's probably the way to go, because this game is already pretty... Pretty simple, even if you don't have, or not simple, but pretty easy, even if you don't have experience with SRPGs. But I don't know. It's just a fun little memory. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything super deep to say on the subject, but, you know, being the hardcore Fire Emblem fan that I am, having all <laughs> the release, the North American releases of all the games, uh, I closely followed every bit of Awakening news that I could. Uh, mm -hmm. I was very eagerly anticipating its release. I remember being really upset when we had to wait so long for a confirmation for a North American release. And I remember being like the only person at what was once EB Games in Canada, now GameStop, uh, being, you know, the same everywhere now. Uh, I remember being the only person to pick up a copy and they only got like two or three copies at the store. And mm -hmm. I beat it back to back three times within like two weeks. I was, <laughs> I felt burned by Shadow Dragon back in the day. I didn't particularly care for it. And I was like head over heels like, oh my God, they saved Fire Emblem. And 
so initially for like that first month honeymoon first month period i would have like been like awakening's the greatest game in the world it saved yeah i think there's an episode somewhere out there of the gaming pilgrimage podcast and i every week i'm just talking about how i'm playing awakening and i just sound like <laughs> a crazed teenager in love it was uh it's a different world a simpler time simpler time man it was what about you guys, Chef? I know, um, I know, Awakening was your first Fire Emblem as well, yeah. Yeah, uh, got a friend told me like, "Hey, you should play this game," mm-hmm. and I purchased it, and then I then beat it, beat it in the next two days. <laughs> it was, Chef, it was incredibly characteristic. First Fire Emblem experience. Uh, played on normal classic. Only person that died was Muriel. She died in like chapter five, and she stayed dead. <laughs> Rest in peace. And that's that's one of the that's just one of my memories of it. I enjoyed it so much that I just continually played it again and again. Then ramped up the difficulty. Then played it again and again. Then ramped up the difficulty again. Played it and played it, and then ramped up the difficulty again to Lunatic Plus. Then quit. And yeah. Then went, <laughs> and then went to my go, fourth playthrough. My fourth playthrough was Lunatic Plus, and I stopped. And I was like, "This is Oof. all right. I need a break." Yeah. yeah. Then I went to go play every other game, and then I played every other game, and I still like Awakening one of the most out of all of them. Is it your favorite still? I remember for I, it's, quite it's, a while. It's up. It's up there. It's in. It's in the tier of like games. That's like depending on how I feel. It's like which one's the favorite. Honestly, you know, we'll get more into that later. But I think coming back to this, you already mentioned it previously, Darren. Like we, we waited enough time because there's been a whole arc with Awakening where when it first came out, people were in love with it, and then people were really sour on the game for a long time. I think fairly in some respects and very unfairly in in other ways. And now that there's been a lot of time, it's been almost 10 years. I think people have kind of just appreciated the game for what it is. And I've, my kind of criticisms on the game have really softened. And I think coming back to it, there's definitely flaws here, but I think it's one of the most fun Fire Emblem games. It's kind of, sometimes it is kind of turn your brain off fun and enjoyment. And I I don't know, I I like it. It's fun, like, running around maps and triggering triggering skills and planning all that stuff out. It's not really an experience you get with any other game in the series. So it's, it's fun. But unless you guys have anything else to say on kind of your history with the game, should we get into... uh, I mean, I don't know, still, plot, I guess. still Keegan. We, we, yeah, we, Keegan. We, Keegan. Yeah. <laughs> Forgetting Keegan here. I, what the I, hell? You know what? Last episode, I forgot Husser. This episode, yeah, I forgot yeah. Keegan. Are, are we just like a four-man show and you just pick every week which one of us you need to forget about? No, no, no we're is, a five-man show. Or, no, I, four this man is man the reveal yes, of the death of Alzheimer's. <laughs> well, I was just going to say. Either ne- I mean, sometimes you know, Devin step- forgets about himself like when he doesn't show up to record. I was just say. <laughs> that explains a lot. I think we put it together. But um, Awakening was how I got back into the series because I started playing it around like the Brawl era, like oh, like oh eight, oh nine, like two thousand ten. With like, what were you playing? Emu- uh, I was emulating the GBA or... games, emulating okay. the GBA games because those were pretty easily accessible for me at the time. Um, yeah. I think I had a physical copy of as well. Um, I think I might have done a playthrough of six. I know I did seven and eight for sure, and I bought Shadow Dragon. And then mm-hmm. I eventually bought Radiant Dawn, but I never got my hands on a physical copy of um, Path of Radiance, so it was kind of weird to play Radiant Dawn first. But um, the entire world, right, right. Um, 
I remembered hearing about FE twelve coming out and like seeing bits and pieces of like Japanese information. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll uh, I'll just kind of like wait and see if we get any information about an English release for that. And that never happened. <laughs> so I kind of just forgot about the series for like probably a solid three or four years. And then mm-hmm. I think it's probably around like twenty fourteen, maybe twenty fifteen. I remembered it existed with Awakening, and then just picked it up and played it. I know that um. That was, like, the end of high school for me, and I was, like, hella burnt out, so I just grinded games on my DS, like, all the time instead of doing anything important, and one mm-hmm. of those was Awakening, and that's how I got my first couple playthroughs, and just sitting in school not doing what I was supposed to be doing, and just grinding Awakening. There you go. I feel like everyone... that Honestly, that was also a game, I think, because I was in... It was just the right time and the right place for me. Yeah, I was in grade school then. Still, I'm I'm not going to date myself and say what <laughs> what grade, but uh, third, third is the yes, answer. third grade, third grade. Um, yeah, I was yeah, a kindergarten actually, <laughs> <laughs> but I was in grade school then. I think everyone had a a memory of like them taking out their their DS and math class or whatever. Everyone yeah, was, was trying to like was me sneak the... it under the table. Yeah, it's that like was the me, original. I just didn't care. It's like the original Jewel. Everyone, like, now I hate that. I absolutely hate that you made that comparison because it's not wrong. I, uh, I yeah, but like Pokemon battling doesn't create a cloud of fucking vapor that smells. You know what? I think it does mentally, Uh, but (laughs) same level of brain damage. Brain damage. I I guess like Smash tournaments do. The problem is, I'm, I'm still suffering from both of those. (laughs) <laughs> so should explain a lot Down but I, I remember i might have told this on the podcast before i went to a school full of uh science nerds and um including myself at the time and uh we were all like super into nintendo stuff which was fun but it was a very small school and a bunch of us got the 3ds on launch unlike the rest of the world so i got the 3ds on launch day i think i had two or three other friends who did as well and this was back when, you know, this whole newfangled system, there were crazy AR cards where you could see Mario come to life in shitty 3D photographs. I've still got with those. Pikmin. Yeah, I I've think still got I have them those somewhere. somewhere too. And there was the whole uh, Street Pass and pedometer system. So I remember specific, I don't know why, specifically in like computers class or foreign language class, our foreign language class was literally they sat us in front of a computer and we used our <laughs> but, but um incredible education we we all took our 3ds's out and just like put it on our leg and just bounced it up and down for like 45 <laughs> minutes straight to try and grind down 3ds coins <laughs> <laughs> the are, sad thing are... is i kind of remember doing something like yeah. that too <laughs> I, i'm definitely not alone here <laughs> no. um anyway i guess i guess now we can get into the plot um where do we start Let's let's actually just start with a quick sort of summary of how everyone's done on their drafts. And just a reminder sure, yeah. for everyone listening, we went through the prologue to the end of chapter 11 mm-hmm. because there is a time skip and it sort of syncs up nicely as a arc of the story. Yeah, arc one. Yeah, arc one. So just because, you know, in all fairness, we started with blast with Keegan. Keegan, why don't you tell us how your draft's gone? Maybe remind everyone about who uh, who you bought. Who you spent uh, your okay. Yeah, I'll pull up the. On. I spent yeah. Mm-hmm. I spent my imaginary money on. Um, I think I have. I'm missing a couple characters on my list on this, but I have most of my team. 
I bought um I had Donald, Tiki, Pan plus Yarn, Flavia, Anna, Libra, Muriel. Obviously I don't have a couple of those, but um uh yeah, it went honestly pretty well for me. I was a little worried about training up a couple of scrubs early on, but because they were my only units, it was pretty easy to funnel EXP into them. Uh, I also got pretty lucky with uh, early Master Seal shops. I think I found like four or five before Chapter 11. They just kept showing up. So I had most everybody promoted by um, by Chapter 11, except Donal and um, Pan. Donal was um, reclassed already because he got the one second seal from like Chapter 8, I think it is. And I had Pan reclassed to Wyvern Rider. At that, um, and then everybody else had promoted. I think I had Sage Muriel like by chapter six, maybe. So I was only without a staff for like two. But uh, yeah, some of us probably did different things with Robin. What did you end up doing with your Robin? Um, up till chapter eleven, nothing really. He just promoted a Grandmaster. I do have plans for him. Mm. I did. I, I I played a little bit ahead of this because I wanted to mess with um sacred or second seals stuff and you can't do that until chapter 16 so uh, i do have some interesting ideas on what we can what i can do with the um with our limited class system but i'll i'll, uh, I'll bring that up more once i've actually done it yeah what How... nature did you give robin oh <laughs> i did um i did plus speed minus luck i think that's in I hindsight did. i kind of wish i did strength but that's more to do with that'll be more of like a later thing it's not as big of a deal it just would have been nicer um, at the part of the game I'm at right now, where I'm a little further ahead than this, because I he's like real, he has like 30 plus speed at the point that I'm at, but like 20 strength, and it would be nice to like even Oof. that gap out a little bit. But I mean, it was just it's just a hindsight thing. I think I could have gone either way with it. Your Robin got screwed in a stat. I didn't even know that was possible. Um, <laughs> honestly, my early Robin levels kind of sucked. But my early Crom levels were disgusting. My Crom was (laughs) gross. From, like, most of this first section, I think Crom was my best unit. Until I got uh, Robin promoted, because veterans, dumb and stupid. But Crom was very good, and has been very good for me this whole game. The dude just hit those 50s or whatever his growths are on his offensive stats, like, every given opportunity. Mm -hmm. Snowballed hard. What are you, or what did you reclass uh, Donald into? You going to Hero? Uh, he um he's mercenary to hero yeah that's yeah. the plan yeah and uh, so yeah fun. I made I made he's Pan so a trash. wyvern rider he he yeah, has a lot I'll... Pan wyvern rider is pretty good she gets a lot of stats on reclassing it's like almost a mini promotion in a way Pan you wyvern get, like, rider is kind of sick it's it's really it fun. is it is I think it's I think this is my first time doing it and uh, yeah she's really good I, I, it's way better than her base class yeah and then you don't have to look at that ugly rabbit monster model. Yeah, yeah, that I too. Know. That does. That is a pretty nice bonus. But then the downside is then you, then you have then you have to get get yarn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, is I'm his gonna make him rough? I don't um, know. Well, it, no, it's just yarns. Yeah, well, I, I, one thing I hate about yarn that I forgot about until I was kind of planning things out. So everyone who has like every parent who has like a gender exclusive class, mm-hmm. like switches to a different class if their child is of. A conflicting gender, but Pan is stupid, and she doesn't pass down Wyvern Rider to Yarn. So I thought she did. I was like, "Oh, cool! He'll just be a random Wyvern Lord that I'll have." But mm-hmm. she passes down like Barbarian instead for some reason, and she's the only case where it's like not passing down. Or they changed the class for gendered reasons. They just did for Pan just 
because I don't know why, but it would have been really nice if they hadn't done that. Yeah, that's really strange. I don't know why they did. It was just to punish you right now. Yeah, it it was all specifically like, look, this one Mm -hmm. random asshole in like 12 years. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to get real upset about it. Yeah, yeah, I do I do feel pretty played. I'm not gonna lie. I feel pretty played. But yeah, I'll find something to do with Yarn. He'll probably just be a stat backpack for someone, but uh mm-hmm. we'll figure something out. Yeah, All right. that's, Darren, uh, that's about it. Darren, how about you? How's your team looking? Sure. Uh just for a quick reminder, I have Tharja and Noir, I have Stahl, Priam, Frederick, Sully and Kajel, and Basilo, who I obviously have not recruited yet, or Priam, because that happens uh later on the game. Uh I haven't done anything exciting with Krom or Robin yet. I did plus magic just because I was planning to keep Robin as a grandmaster because Robin's Wham. Robin, you don't really need to put work into to make Robin good. <laughs> no, you don't. So no. I wasn't planning going Could have had fun with the classes. Well, I, I'm also planning on marrying uh, Robin and Tharja for that, you know, that one true couple thing going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, one true romance. Uh, yeah, the, the best romance in the game for sure. Uh, just so I can do something better with Noir just and pass on a couple of Grandmaster skills was my general big plan there. Uh, Tharja is, I'm getting way more value out of than I would have thought just because her defense growth has been nuts. So her speed and defense are going up a ton. And since magic's bonkers in this game, because so few enemies resist it, she just melts everything. Nosferatu's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sadly, you know, Darren, that's just a callback because it's on, uh, you know, Acania. It's the same as Mars continent. Uh, so all of their ancestors had zero resistance growth. (laughs) So yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's just showing you what happened after millennia of that. Although for a class called Dark Knight, I'm disappointed you can't use dark magic with that class. I know, right? Which yeah. is really How disappointing. Is Although it would have uh, been blame... bonkers. It's yeah, got such a translation issue. Dark Knight has great, a great skill set. Yes. Yeah, it's got Life so... Taker and Tome Breaker or Tome Fair. It's one or the other. Yeah. So I, my plan was to reclass uh, Tharja to Sorcerer after I get the level 15 uh, Dark Knight skill. But but yeah. something I've been trying to do is I'm trying to restrict my use of second seals because the second seal system awakening is literally so just broken. infinite grinding. Uh, mm. It's interesting that they didn't really cap it in any way. Uh, so I'm trying to only use it like once or twice per character. So for example, for Frederick... I just used it, like, right after he got Luna, I just used it, reclassed him as a uh, Wyvern Rider. He's a Wyvern Lord now, and guess what? Frederick's bonkers, he's busted. If I were lazy, I could have just got up to this point with Frederick alone, because uh, he's busted. He gives Seth and Titania a uh, run for their money as best Jagan, because holy shit, mm-hmm. dude stacked. Um, Man, I wrote a note about that actually, uh, talking about low manning in this game. We can get into it more later, but like, if you're soloing the game with like Seth or Sigurd, then like occasionally, like maybe once every map or two, there will be like a moment where they almost die, or like where you maybe have to load a save to heal them or something. Uh, that doesn't really happen here so much. No, well, not it, 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 it does happen, but it doesn't happen until arc three, and that's only if you have low to moderate res then yeah. then you start running mm. into problems okay. but they start but, but first, magic first, first arcs, yeah super free 
Yeah. Uh, the only other thing of note, because this was brought up during our actual drafting for getting both Sully and Stahl, I Stahl I've got is probably stronger than Sully, generally speaking, because Sully her she's been kind of strength screwed. Uh, so she has really good speed and other stats, but her strength's pretty low. So I've had to try to supplement that with pairing or just giving her better equipment. Mm-hmm. But they worked really well together. Uh, because I was uh, th- both Sully and freaking Prom were I married them because they they were so high level by the time they married. Uh, Kajel, I think that's how you say her name. I'm not sure. It's a weird spelt name. Uh, she's a monster. I immediately reclassed her to a wyvern rider as soon as i got her and she is already like giving frederick a run for his money and because she inherited so many skills from both of them uh she's in a good place so she, i think yep yeah, or all all of uh, all of crumb's kids i think immediately get rightful king right the males do only the, males the, males do. the daughters get aether oh yeah. i mean both Which, are pretty good that's a good <laughs> Consolation prize. It's yeah. not a bad consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. To have a little safety net there. But yeah, she's been good. I don't foresee myself having any problems. I have... Right now, I just have two Wyvern characters, so I don't think it'll be a problem uh, in the future about me clearing maps and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see when I get up to Prime, because I, don't, really, I haven't, don't have a lot of experience using him, so I'm curious to see how that is i understand his recruitment chapter is a bit of a, a nuisance so it's a bit tough we'll see there's a lot of like fairly strong promoted enemies yeah what but i think by the time i get even? there he's yeah. a hero? hero yeah okay that, that was ike's class yeah, yeah I mean, he's yeah, an ike reference sense. so i know i know is is ragnall like good in this game i don't really I, like i've never used priam before it's, it's a good two range sword yeah but sort of at that point uses. like whatever <laughs> Yeah, oh. well, he, he's, Not... he's he, you can you can you can always forge and arms thrift. Yeah, it's true. That's Devin, fair. Is there is there hammering in this game? Actually, I don't remember. Yes, yes, they're all okay. single use. Yeah, she's Crom's sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of her, she's on my team because spoilers, she doesn't die. I, I guess, but <laughs> whoa, I know, Wait, I, know, I, know any, I know, I know. Is that really spoiler? You're, you're not in the you're, game for We're me. only in arc one, Devin. Yeah, I we haven't even covered story yet. yet. Guys, spoilers, uh, but Zero doesn't actually die in Mega Man X1. Okay, Are that's it. I'm, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. I can't yeah, work with people like you. That Dumbledore dies, but, it's uh, even more bullcrap in X6 when he hid himself to repair himself. <laughs> <laughs> of course, who could forget? Anyway, <laughs> my team uh, for people who don't remember or didn't listen to the last episode is obviously wrong. You know, all the free units: um, Kellum, Maribel plus Brady, Henry, Gregor, Aversa, Emran, Gang, Ralph, uh, Noe plus Na, and Longku. Don't think we're wrong. Um, just that's Gang Ralph slide. I know. I know. I mean, we. Uh, I feel like it's just like <laughs> our affinity for Awakening has turned around. Last episode and this, we've been affectionately calling him Gang Ralph. Honestly, I don't even remember how the joke started. I think I thought that was his name. You just name mispronounced it. it. I mispronounced like it. it. Yeah. yeah. It was a yeah. brutal mispronunciation. I know. One that, <laughs> one that will haunt me <laughs> for the rest of my days. But um, honestly, I don't really know what like that much to say about my team. I don't have any really mounted units uh, besides Maribel, and I don't have any flyers yet. 
but it's also awakening. So it's been, for the most part, smooth sailing. A couple of restarts, but, you know, other than that, nothing too much. Um, my current plan, maybe I'll adjust things with Robin, is I have her at, I'm using female Robin, I'm and I married her to Krom. Uh, I am have her at Grandmaster now to get, you know, Ignis and what is it? Rally Spectrum is her yeah. 15 yeah, skill. Rally, yeah. yeah, Rally Spectrum. Rally Spectrum, which is pretty good. Um, and Ignis is pretty good. So pick up some Grandmaster skills, swap her over to uh, Swordmaster to get Astra because Astra is pretty broken. And I don't know what I want to do for the last class. I was thinking Grandmaster, but I also feel like one of us has to go Archer Robin. <laughs> I can tell you that, that will not happen. Yeah, not will not. Uh, okay, maybe. maybe. <laughs> is, is there? It would be bringing it full circle um, with your love of Rebecca. Yeah. Is there a magic-based bow in Awakening? Uh, I don't think no. there's a shining no. bow. No. Or is that Fates? That's, that's Fates. I know that's definitely yeah. Fates. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think yeah. so in Awakening. Yeah. If is there, there is, is a magic-based bow? There is bolt axe. Yes. Is there a lance version though? I, don't I do not believe in this. Game. Yeah, there is. Yeah, what's it, it called? It, like one range, but it's so it's kind of shit. Oh, that's right. It that's why. Exist. Yeah, it's one range. That's oh, okay. What sucks. That's <laughs> so that's why we don't. Yeah, it. Okay. yeah. yeah. It anyway, it doesn't matter. Does. Uh, Krom's been crazy. Like not too big of a surprise, but he's been nuts. Um, I went with the Kellum Thief Path to get him some thief skills. You know, plus one movement and all that, and. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? I'm trying to decide whether, you know, promote him to assassin or whatever, you know, get lethality, some of the fun skills there. Then either keep him there or should I just go great knight so he has a horse and, you know, two range. <laughs> just go great I horse, mean, get Luna. <laughs> get yeah, you, you basically have a paladin. You've already yeah. got a plus one move. So I didn't good. mention mm -hmm. it, but like Frederick and Luna and him being on a freaking wyvern is gross and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, oh, hi, boss. Bye, boss. <laughs> so that's the plan there. Then for Long Ku, I'm giving uh promoting him to Swordmaster to get some of the Swordmaster skills cuz like I said they're already really good. Then what are I forget I had a plan for him but I honestly don't remember what my plan was. <laughs> and if you guys remember off the top of the head his other classes, I think it's like Berserker. I think that's what I was thinking. Uh, Let me see. No or no, I think he gets is. I think he gets uh Wyvern Long Ku class path. Let me check really quickly. Yeah, he gets Wyvern, so I was going to give him um, Astra and then change him to Wyvern, which seems fun. Uh, let's see. Maribel, I mean, you know, it's healer, doing healer things. She's pretty good. She's got a horse. Uh, she doesn't come quite as early as Lissa, but she's good. Um, she's a Trilbador. I think in my most up-to-date save file, she's a Valkyrie, so I was just going to get her some Tommy XP, get some of the Troubadour skills, then switch her over to Dark Flyer so I don't have to suffer through Pegasus. You know, get her Gale Force, get her to level 10, then go back to Valkyrie so she can have stabs. Uh, Noe? I, like, is it even re worth reclassing her for anything? I usually just leave her as Mana Keep for the entire game. Yeah, just, if... she, she's already got an 8-1-2 range and really good growth, so... Yeah, she doesn't really need skills. Um... So, you know, she's doing knowing things. Like, right when you get her, she's kind of rough, but there's some paralogs you get right after that, so you can feed her some XP, and then pretty quickly she starts to get pretty insane. Uh, Gregor kind of sucks. <laughs> He's you, not you great. Gotta, you, gotta, you gotta give him the support, man. The support with two. 
Uh, not no one that you got. Well, I, I mean, Kellum, he could be some, some support for him. <laughs> I, I'm marrying Kellum and uh, Noe. I guess I could still I mean, support does, yeah, Just because they're marrying doesn't mean they can't I've, help him grow out. I've been supporting... <laughs> that's true. I've been supporting um, Long Ku and Gregor because they're, they're the bachelors for the team. So, you know, he gives them some speed. I'm looking right now. My Gregor is level 17 on the, the file right after 11 finished, and he has... 14 speed, which is not great. <laughs> That's unfortunate. I mean, you could, you could have also just promoted him. To, yeah, you yeah, could, why didn't you could you promote him. Because I didn't have I didn't have Master Seals. You can buy him. You should yet. Just, just just get, get lucky on the Overworld map, forehead. Yeah. I thought we can't grind or you know yeah. reset no, for you items. No grinding, but the, you over, can just use the be luckier. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's like why you five. shouldn't have gone minus luck on Robin. Yeah, you here. <laughs> I'm looking right now at this point in the game. I had only. I played, I think, one or two chapters after this, and it's literally like the chapter. I think it's chapter twelve that you can finally buy uh, master seals. But yeah, I had only gotten two master seals, <laughs> one for Tom and one for yeah. Robin. That's unfortunate. I think yeah, I missed one by accident, but um, not that big of a deal. Whatever, free levels. Gregor, he's not great. Uh, I was thinking, go hero, get soul, some of that, and you know, maybe switch to berserker because berserker's fun. And then Olivia, who cares? She's a dancer. She but sure overall, is. fun. You know, it's it's awakening. So lots of people on foot, but that will change soon, hopefully. Chef, what about you? Uh, for me, I've just uh, let's see. I'm pulling up my notes here. Uh, so for me, uh, I've just sort of been funneling a lot into Lissa and Cordelia, just so that they can then pass. Uh, gale force down to their kids in time. For Use when her I get well, them. chef. Use her well. Yeah, yeah. Cord- Cordelia's uh at um a, a dark fire level eleven, so almost there. By the end of chapter eleven, she is. Yeah. Or just where you at currently? No, end of chapter eleven because I stopped Holy there. Cause, <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, insta promote at level ten, and then just yeah, funnel I, every single yeah. kill into her. That's, yeah, that's fair. Then, this game, but, in general, just for anyone who's less experienced with Awakening, it doesn't give you a lot of incentive for the base classes to really level over Ted. No, really you should promote it. There's no like new skills. You could get them more levels, but at the same time, you have second seals. So yeah, and then Lissa is level f- level four sage, which is a bit unfort, but you know. It's got to slowly, as as best as she could get with just staff EXP. Yeah, I was gonna say on. you can only get yeah. so much experience with staff use. Since no no viable rescue yet, so it's like it can only spam stave so hard. Yeah, I've I've been having to do that too to grind EXP on some of my characters later. Yeah, and then aside from that, uh, Robin, he's currently a thief. Uh, ah, yeah, getting that plus one move. Yeah. But then sort of sort has gotten stuck since I ran out of Master Seal, so he's like level eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Vake is also a thief. Because <laughs> I also wanted another just plus a band one. Of thieves over there. <laughs> and then Crom's just Crom. Just and that's where that's where I'm at. It's just a bunch of thieves and people I'm trying to get the guild force on. <laughs> But, no wonder they and, thought Krom was abandoned if his whole team was thieves. Yeah, just two thieves. It's just two right-hand men. Right, <laughs> who, did, who did you end up marrying Krom to? 
Uh, Krom, yeah, he's with Olivia. Just so an ego. Yeah. Even even though I'm sacking Lucina's stats, but you know I'm I'll eventually reclass like Lucina to like Swordmaster, and then she can get advantage. Yeah. Well, just go down to Myrmidon and then get advantage, and then do whatever. Yeah. And then an ego will you know, <laughs> figure something out. He'll be there. <laughs> but uh, Robin's married Cordelia, just so Cordelia can pass Dark, uh, not Darkfire, Gale Force down to Morgan, and then also so then Morgan gets access to Dark Mage. And then Isn't Severa... Dark Mage banned on Morgan? No, no. only Dark Flyer is banned on Morgan. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah. Yeah. You did, did no one read the rules? I read uh, the rules. Read the I, I read I the rules because I got Tharja. And then freaking <laughs> yeah, Morgan's so, yeah, going to be a god. Be a dark mage. Just can't be a dark flyer. But mm. she'll, she'll be a dark mage with plus one move and gale force. So close enough. <laughs> He'll be fun. <laughs> uh, and then Lissa, Lissa's married Vake. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what my plan for Owain is going to be. Probably Rallybot or something. Berserker. <laughs> it should be a berserker, but and then not much else. Robin, I'm gonna go promote to trickster, get acrobatic just for the minus one move penalties, and then I and go may... sniper. No, I may go bow knight just to be like nine move with like no movement penalties. Eleven sword, just... eleven sword, yeah, yeah. You know, now and... you mention it, I might look into trickster for my Robin just so I could yeah. because I have the magic growth. Just like you do something different. <clears throat> what does an yeah. acrobat do again? I don't remember. It's just minus one move. If anything costs like a movement penalty, like water tiles or forest tiles or mm. stuff, you just minus one. That's so pretty good. Just Not glide. Bad. So it was kind of, that's why I kind of want to like, oh man, I could be a nine move bow knight with like no movement <laughs> penalties. Like get some fun, get some fun movement shenanigans going there. That's fun. Shenanigans just like moving. Moving up ahead and then just switch into Dark Mage Morgan <laughs> or Dark Mage Severa. <laughs> so. uh, I guess that sounds like a plan. Guess that's you know, Husser, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I <laughs> I didn't do much by comparison. Um, obviously, I got Varian the hell out of Archer the second I could. Uh, bumped him to Wyvern. Uh, he gets a Wyvern. Not, like, yeah, he gets Wyvern. Yeah, he gets but, like he's stuff. actually totally good now. Like it did not take very long. Like obviously feeding kills to an archer and awakening sucks, but um I just paired Ooh. him up with Krom. They were like best bros. So, you know, he got the the spillover XP when Krom was doing stuff, and then when he needed to go, he got plus strength from Krom. So, it, it wasn't that bad getting him to level 10, and then now he's just like mm. one of my best units, which is kind did of hilarious. You, did you use your first second seal on him? Oh, definitely, yeah, because he was <laughs> yeah. easily the most useless. Yeah, so sorry, I had a Virian, Sumia, and Cynthia, Gaius, Shersh, Jerome, and Rickon. So, like, everyone except Virian there is in a pretty decent starting class. Mm -hmm. um, I'm keeping Grom in Great Lord until he gets Rightful King, and then he's going to go over to um, Cavalier because horses are nice, I guess. I think that's, I'm assuming that's everyone's plan for Grom. No? I'm going Bow Knight, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I, 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 he may end up bow knight for me. <laughs> really? He, need, he needs a horse. He needs a horse. Yeah, he needs a horse, man. But what's the point of bow knight instead of just paladin? I mean, was Pal paladin just give you like defender, and then they're like, all right, whatever, and might as well yeah, but lances. So I can... mean, it's also sort of whatever. 
I mean, but, he'll have E-rank glances and like, I'll have I'll have like dark mages at the time, so it's like, whatever. In okay. my case, I, mean, I have so many paladins already. I don't need. I have two paladins. Actually, my, mine probably will go paladin, but <laughs> I had at the end of chapter eleven, I had C rank lances on Chrom, so it's not really a big deal. Yeah, I, I have I think D rank where I'm at now, so he can use javelins, which is all all I need. Yeah, um, none of this is about yet. us. It's about no, 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 it's not. <laughs> yeah, I have been. I've been getting his lance rank up for that. It's really easy because he's so good that he can just one round everything with a bronze lance anyway. So it doesn't yeah, matter. even unforged, like that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I I haven't even bothered with forging because I just one round everything anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the thing is with awakening is that the only challenge in it in the beginning really comes from if you're trying to turn bad units into good ones, which you yeah. don't have to do because you have. Crom and Robin and Frederick normally in a draft, um, and not a draft, rather. So basically, you can just like leave your bad units on the shelf and have a way easier time, or you can try to make them good and punish yourself. But even then, it's still not that hard. But Sumia and Rickon were definitely rougher, um, especially because I ran out of uh, Master Seals right when I really needed them for Sumia. So she was stuck in Pegasus mm. until like level 17, um, and she's got 11 strength. <laughs> so that's rough. <laughs> But they're there now. They're promoted. I'm moving on. Um, pretty pretty good position at the moment. Um, yeah, and I'm doing Robin because I have no imagination uh, with female Robin, who's just. Hey, I mean, master. it's it's really good, just like gameplay wise. You know, buffs both of them, makes Lucina and Morgan crazy. Yeah, they're already uh, crazy. But you know, Crom's but... true love in this playthrough is Varian. The, the real bromance. It's it's Virian. It's not random village maiden. Come on, that's the true shit. All right. Uh, so we should probably move on to the next segment. The plot. Mm-hmm. Right. Thoughts on, yeah. thought, just thoughts on stuff. Yes. So this is going to be our general discussion on the plot up to now. I don't think we're really going to get so in the weeds that we're going to be going like, oh, here's the plot chapter by chapter. It's going to be more no. of a general conversation, and I think we're also assuming for those listening, that you have some familiarity with the story of Awakening, because we're not really... I, at least, when I go over my notes that I took, because I paid attention. Not for mm-hmm. all these drafts. I usually just rewatch the scenes that I remember or think are cool. Like any, like when we did Path of Radiance, anytime the Black Knight showed up, I would pay attention <laughs> of course, and watch of those. Course. But I would generally skip through stuff just to get through the draft quicker. But for this, I painstakingly watched every cutscene, every support, all for your benefit, so I can tell mm-hmm. you about it. So I think it's going to be more uh, general base. So just insert insert a picture of of Darren as the uh, Charlie Day meme from It's Always Sunny with like <laughs> like the post-it board and all of, like the different arrows and red thread connecting stuff. Yeah, what I'll do you know sure about Grimma? Insert it into this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So my Whatever, very first be... note that I think is a great place to start, because this is how the frickin' game starts, is how does everyone feel about the game starting in media res, with having so the flash pointless. forward to the big battle? With I, I, look, Robin, Robin, Robin betrayed Krom, apparently, and it's such a shock, and it's, it's gut-wrenching, because we don't know either of these characters at all. <laughs> like... It's so pointless. I mean, I guess I don't it's, know. It's, fine. it's less it's... pointless than the, the Fates one, but... Yeah. It's I, short. It's it the... kind of sets the tone. Fun. And, yeah, uh, yeah it, it is. I would say it's sort of the best. I would the, say that. I would sort of say it's sort of the best premonition in the series. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's the tone pretty well. 
and it's it's only you know two two or three characters. It's only two or three characters, just Robin Crom and then Validar. You know, yeah, Co- covers the basis. Like, all right, this is you. This is your buddy. This That's is the bad. Guy. This is the main bad guy. Mm-hmm. And like, I, all right, I think good. It, I think it works as well because it's a, a slightly more interesting opening than just like waking up and seeing Crom and Lissa. You know, being like, oh, where where'd you come from? Blah blah blah. You know, so. And it's, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack on my disdain a bit because I just realized that it's also kind of a cool hint. Like, it's not just Robin having a dream of the future; it's kind of hinting that this is Robin from the bad future, and yeah. that this happened yeah. in yeah. their relative past. So that's kind of cool, actually. Right. Yeah, um, there's it's, more it's, nuance to it, but you don't really notice it until like after you've gotten through most of the game, and you can be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's what they were doing." Right. Very, very yeah. quickly, by the way, just because it might be, even if people are very familiar with Awakening, which I'm assuming most people listening to this podcast are, um, I, I want to quickly summarize the plot of just what happens in 1 through 11. So, like we said, this this is going to be a... <laughs> I don't know what's on go, this. Go in 30 seconds, go. But yeah, 30 <laughs> seconds. So, we start, you know, we see that Krom possibly betrays Robin. Uh, they find, you know, cut to however many years before Robin has amnesia, Crom uh, and everyone, you know, meet up with them. They have Robin join the Shepherds. We learn a little bit more about, I have never said it right. Is it Lise? Lise? How do you say it? Yulise. I think is how they say it. Yulise. Okay. So Yulise is the, yeah, you know, Yeah, because Sumia's crit quote is like, for Elise. For Elise. She's a big classical music fan. <laughs> yeah. So we find out about their country, Yulise, you know, we see the uh, the regent, or whatever her name is, um, Emeryn. Plot moves forward, we see some strange character named Marth, who ends up being Lucina. Spoilers. We're introduced Whoa. to the Mad King, Gang, Gang Ralph. I almost said it correctly. <laughs> gang ralph who is evil for some reason i don't even remember if that's ever explained he's well just he's actually like, well if you read his because... spot with robin then you'll oh, he's really? actually really evil because Yulise crom's father basically waged like super war on his country and like brought it to the brink and... of ruin and was yep. it was like a terrible terrible war and he just is like a bloodthirsty maniac who wants vengeance. Is that wants true? To punish you yeah, yes. don't even have to. You don't even I have didn't to know that. That's in the main. That. That's in the main story. Yeah, that's literally. He main talks story. about it. Okay. The first arc is basically like in Radiant Dawn. If you were playing as Benyon. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I'll just just quickly, so I can you know finish summarizing up the story. So he he captures Maribel and. It, says that she invades which kind of doesn't make any sense she can't even like attack <laughs> she's just a staff unit he's like they captured Maribel, so now we will wage war and uh somehow he he uses that as justification to wage war on yulise he's somehow able to capture emerin as we know emerin dies because she thinks it's better to sacrifice her life than to give gang gang ralph <laughs> the fire ah, emblem, which we figure out is what he's after the entire time. Emran dies. They decide to take revenge on Gang Ralph. They kill him, or maybe they don't king- kill him. And Krom becomes the king. That's a very quick plot summary. I guess I left out that there's an assassination attempt and Valbar is there. Ar- arguably the most in- one of the most <laughs> important parts of the actual story. Yeah. The actual <laughs> overall <laughs> story. You, you, you covered Maribel getting captured, but then skipped to that actual... 
I yeah, actually haven't am now remembering that, that that's important because I forgot that that's isn't that how the whole cloning thing happens or whatever? I don't I don't, I don't know. It's no, the scene is like, we'll yo, I'm from the future. Emeryn's gonna die tonight, and they're like, oh my mm -hmm. god, we can't let that happen. And then they let it happen later anyway, and it doesn't matter because Gamerot gets the fire emblem in, in the end. Yeah, well, <laughs> Emeryn's still dying. You know that that's part of one of the themes. Like, oh, can can you really change? So it's like you only delayed delayed the inevitable, which mm -hmm. you know, granted then later on, you know, then the whole act part three stuff, like yes, you can change fate, but can, can we can we talk about by the way, so as I said, right before doing this podcast, I kind of skimmed through I watched, you know, found like a cutscene compilation and skimmed through all that. First of all, this is this is the first game. Well, I guess Path to Radiance and Radiant Dawn, but this is the first handheld game that we have these CG cutscenes, which are fucking gorgeous. They still yeah. look fantastic. Yeah, yeah obviously, very good. Obviously, yeah. the 3DS resolution doesn't do any favors to it, but you know, there's been higher quality rips on YouTube, and they're incredibly well animated. I, I think most people. People are coming around towards it a little bit, but are not huge fans of the whole 3D model anime style. But they make it look and work really good with these games. Uh, I think in general, movie. you could just say the whole presentation of this game is easily the best the series had up to this point. Like, Except there's the no Radiance, feet, Darren. There's well, no feet. <laughs> not, it, they, look, on the 3DS resolution, there. not super noticeable. It's true. I never noticed it until someone pointed out that Fates added feet. I was like, what the you hell? Didn't notice I, it. I noticed it no. the first time I was playing in 2015. It was <laughs> so do, distracting. When you do yeah, once like every games, single in-game testing, they've got these hooves. Yeah, you <laughs> cannot unsee it once you see it, though. That's true. Anyway, my, my point about bringing up the CG cutscenes is because we were talking about that whole Valbar chapter. Val Validar? Valbar? Validar. Did Valbar, you know Valbar, Valbar is the Echoes guy. I, yeah, I, he I, skimmed I them, Derek. He skimmed Dude, there's them. so many goddamn characters in this series. He put them on 1.5 speed and then just like read a synopsis. No, there's <laughs> so many characters, all with different, similar sounding names. Whatever, Valadar. He's, he's the plot important. He's actually <laughs> like the most important guy here. Whatever. Suddenly, it's Derek. very clear how Gang Ralph came into existence. <laughs> <laughs> Five years later, it's Gang Ralph and Val Valbar now. You know the the knight from Echoes. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, the whole point of bringing that up was I was trying to say is in that chapter when Lucina slash Marth whatever reveals that. Are you from? The, would you believe me if I'm from the future? And they're like, "No, what the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> then a CG cutscene plays, and a random as they're in the middle of this conversation, where she's like, "I'm a time traveler," some random brigand assassin just jumps out of the bush and thinks, "Like now's a good time to strike." And she's like, "Here's proof that I can see the future." She, she totally paid that guy jumps, off. Jumps I over believe. Him. I believe she actually like goes after him before he jumps out. No, she, he jumps out and then she like flips over him and and like kills him. But it's like no, she she kills one and then she gets ambushed by another. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. talking about the first one now because she says like, "Is this proof enough?" Then the guy runs out and then she kills him. This is like the most nitpicky thing in the world, but I just thought it was yeah. funny when I was watching. It's like, okay, how does like I know she can like before she was she, born. Yeah, she knows what will happen in the future because, you know, we'll get into this in part two, but she's from the future. She's Krom's daughter, so she knows that there's been all these apocalyptic events. But how the hell would she possibly know that this random assassin is just going to jump out of the Look, obviously, this was a, a story that Krom would tell to her, you know, before he died and everything went to shit. 
He was he was talking about the time but he would have been killed. The woods and no, someone just was and jumped out, and he like yeah. showed her the exact spot and like told her the exact <laughs> time, and he was like, "Remember this shit when a random brigand jumped out? Because you never know; it could be really useful to like prove stuff." <laughs> and then Lucina goes back and, and she like tries to do it, and she's like, "Fuck, I forgot!" So then she pays some guy to jump out of the bushes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, I think Lucina at some point, I don't know if it's in this arc or not, mentions that like he was severely injured in that exchange so that's how is she, that true probably have yeah okay. was, yeah he didn't yeah, die he, but he was injured and those injuries ended up like compounding on themselves and screwing yeah. him later he still, on. he still mm. he still kills gangrel then he still defeats wallhart it should then then arc three Spoilers. and then, yeah but then arc three and then he fit then that's when the premonition and the bad end but mm. i mean in terms of that nitpick i would just chalk it up to that like anime level of like detecting surroundings Oh, like... I know. Yeah, but, yeah I, I understand <laughs> why they did it, and it's kind of a cool cutscene, you know, when you turn your brain off. But I just thought it was funny <laughs> rewatching it. It's like, <laughs> would this work logistically? Anyway, Especially what are she got lucky. would have definitely butterflied the like precise scenario like that. Yeah. What? So, what are your guys's thoughts on Act One of Awakening? We're we're gonna call it Act One. Uh, this one through eleven, just overall, I think it's. I think it's pretty I, good setup. In two setup. words, perfectly competent. Yeah, I don't think exactly. it makes any major mistakes. I think it does a decent job drawing you into the characters. Uh, maybe not the world as much, but like it, it does as good a job with the world as anything else in the game does. It's it's fine. It's you know? later on that things will. Fall it sets apart, up like but, yeah. the the basic structure of the world and the relationships between a few of those countries in the world, and it does enough. I agree. You know, the core, Contra- like as much as we all skip them now, probably. The cutscenes in between the first few chapters where the characters are, like, getting to know each other... They're cute. I think are actually pretty good. Like, you get a sense of them pretty quickly. It's not the Fire Emblem thing where someone waltzes mm-hmm. in and it's like, like, hey, I'm a character. I have a gimmick. Now I will never say another word yeah. for the rest of the game. Uh, you know, there are characters like that later. But, like, no, the, they did I mean, put the some shepherds... effort into, like, Lissa, uh, Frederick... That's uh, kind of <laughs> Yeah, those two. Yeah, for, like, the first few chapters. No, it is just those two, but that's more than some other games will do. It is. I think it's, they did a decent job. It's not quite, you know, it's not quite Path of Radiance with uh, the whole. God, I can't. I can't remember Mercs. any Grail Mercs. It's how, not, how do you, you forget know, the Grail Mercs? I don't know. Whatever. It's not Gang as. Ralph. It's not as successful as that is, obviously. But I no. think, yeah, I agree with you, Huster. At least we get something where it's not just like. Lord plus helper character, you know, which is yeah, usually like if, the the Seth character, you know, your Jagan. But if you're looking at like the standard Fire Emblem story, quote unquote, which like only half of them really follow, um, mm-hmm. but you know, you kind of got a spectrum where like Path of Radiance does it kind of shockingly well. Fe six, at least the translation we have, but maybe also just the game does it in a pretty kind of poor, boring way. You know, I mean, Awakening, your helper character is still Merlinus in that game, which is Awakening so like, is, is a solid, you know, I, I would put it above average. It does it pretty decently, especially in the first arc. So, And there's still I, kind of... Well, go ahead, Darren. I would say that because me being the studious man that I am, I watch mm. all the cutscenes. I'm going to mention that every time. I watch every cutscene. Right. And I will say you read every support. part one of Awakening is the strongest part in terms of story and narrative and characters i would argue and yeah. i think mm-hmm. much better than my recollection of like 
playing like the last time I I probably hadn't paid this much attention to the story since my first playthrough. And I think that the story does a really great job at setting up like initial plot hooks, like the mystery of who Robin is, why do they know Crom, like that whole in media res thing. I think it sets up like we joke about our buddy Gang Ralph. We joke about him, but he he's a really detestable villain and he has enough screen time where I think you do kind of you can get into that role with the characters of wanting to take him down because you see how detestable and terrible he is. And I think it mm-hmm. makes moments like Emmerin's sacrifice stand out more, especially like with the mu oh my god, the music for that chapter oh, yeah. is classic. The, music yeah, is the so presentation game. puts in a lot of work with the it story. Does. It does. I, I have notes about where I think the story falters, but I think just as a whole, like this, because it's a lower stakes conflict, like the rest of the game is escalation on escalation from this point. It's, it's like Dragon Ball. We're at like, eventually. this is like Dragon Ball, like Saiyan Saga right now. Then we're going to go to <laughs> Namek. Then Cell's going to come from the future and kill everyone. Frieza. Like, you know, like we're, we're going. Oh my God. And it's just like Dragon Ball because you have your few God characters doing everything and everyone else is just standing back and watching. That's true. Them. That's true. It's just like that. They got power like, creep into think... irrelevance. I think because you have a you have a smaller cast initially, a lot of the support co- uh, support characters get more say. Like Sumia gets like a ton, gets like two or three moments. Like Cordelia has like a whole chapter about what she went through with like her squad getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. So there's like these little moments, and you get more of that character in there, and you lose that later on for sure because the conflict just becomes more of a look overarching everything else and you have more of the cutscenes in the future especially next time for part for arc two the invasion arc it's so many of the cutscenes are just robin and crom talking to advisors whereas in this part it's more robin crom and supporting characters talking to each other which you lose yeah later on I, everyone I in that original squad gets like a few moments uh, to kind of establish their character, and then you can like read supports and stuff if you want to know more, or you can leave them on the bench, uh, like fucking Virian, who I completely <laughs> forgot about. You know, he'll be uh, back. I, I played this game, you know, originally in like 2015, right? Like I, I was a teenager. Um, it was pre like Me Too being as much of a big thing. Virian sucks. He is like re- a really, really horrible person. I feel kind of dirty just using him as a unit. <laughs> like Fire Emblem always has like one of those like lothario characters but like gatry mm-hmm. is so pathetic that it's like he doesn't do anything to anyone but virian is fucking introduced harassing this poor woman who he does not know he's just like fucking followed her through the woods he, he's Mary such him. a horrible person <laughs> like yeah. he, he's worse than makalov in my in my book because uh, at least makalov left people to fuck alone does Virion not like i don't really know his supports that well i only know that like one thing and then you know, kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but the first chapter that we're going to discuss uh, next episode, he's like, surprise, I'm a duke. And Cherish is there. That's honestly the only thing I remember about the character. I'm That's surprised you remember that much. Plot yeah, I'm relevant. surprised you remember that much. <laughs> yeah. You can't remember the Grail Mercenaries, but you can remember that plot I, one. <laughs> I just told you, I literally watched these cutscenes. I watched, I think, a little bit of 12. I watched, like, prologue through a little bit of 12 right before recording this. So I did not remember that until, <laughs> until I just saw it. 
yeah, so like the story of Virion is that he's a duke in, in Walhart's continent. Um, he's yeah, probably he's like a running descendant away. of one of those like shitbag Zophians uh, from Echoes, <laughs> I had to guess. Yeah. Um, he gets his ass kicked by Walhart and he runs away. He, he bravely runs away to the other side of the continent. Mm-hmm. And then I guess like bumps into Sully and Sully, is like, oh my God, yeah. I can stalk and harass this person. Um, <laughs> And then, and then he ends up following onto the team where, uh, for most people, he then sits on the bench forever. Mm. Uh, so, great, great oh, character. No, it's not that bad. I feel like it's silly anime. Haha. <laughs> they definitely, with Sully's dialogue, they definitely play it up. Like, they make it highlight that he's pathetic and Sully. Yeah. And, like, especially in that cutscene that will... We're not going to talk about it that much next time because it's not really that much to talk about. Just, hey, there's a bad guy coming from across the sea. Let's go get him. Uh, but, like, even Cherish is, like, freaking downplaying him and cutting him off. So he's a joke to yeah. everyone. But I do see what you mean in terms of, like, he definitely uh, comes on very strong to every yeah. female character ever. Yeah. And that it's an anime. There's gross. always got to be one of those characters. I guess. Yeah, no, like, for, for a 2000. 12 anime thing he's nothing unusual uh in particular but mm-hmm. just like wow he is not aged well at all uh, that's fair like i see what Bob, you're saying though. that's the, the, honestly like i feel like anime hasn't moved forward that much there's still characters just like that though <laughs> 10 years later um yeah i so i agree I am... with well i yeah i agree with everything Thanks. Everything you were saying, Darren. Um, from so, did you did you rewatch all of the cutscenes and everything before this, or just you know I, one through eleven? W- I as I'm, I played as I've played the game, I've watched and paid attention to everything. Yeah, and then I've yeah. I've been taking notes like, while I play. So I remember arc two less, and arc three bits and pieces of it. Arc two, honestly. I've remember very little of besides just a little bit of wall heart stuff well um uh, hate to hate to spoil next part but uh that will probably be the story discussion <laughs> is hey we fight wall heart <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the big plot that's the big plot development arc two yeah is it takes them like 10 chapters to get there almost but yeah i remember this being the strongest part of the story as well and i agree i like that you get a lot more character development even with the side characters including who we haven't really mentioned yet um Basilio and uh, what's her name? Um, Flavia. Flavia, yeah, Flavia. They get I a lot of swarm for a little bit. <laughs> they get a lot of screen time, and I really, I really like both of them. They're they're fun characters. In particular, what's her name? Philia. I didn't even remember that that was a character, but oh, she gets yeah. quite a bit of screen time in, in Act One here. And I don't know. It's not like the greatest writing in the world, but it's cool to see her and you end up liking her. And I think the thought goes through your head. You're like, oh, she's probably the next Pegasus Knight that you get recruit. You know, you get to recruit, but nope, she's dead. <laughs> in the yeah, I think they were, they were trying to set her up as like your your third Pegasus That's in your little assume. trio. Yeah. And it's like your late game pre-promote would be Fila coming for mm-hmm. one reason or another, but it's like, nope, we're just going to kill her off. And you don't even get it's one. Yeah. We didn't no want triangle to program attack. triangle attacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was the whole thing. I was like, oh, we were going to add this third Pegasus, but dude, the triangle attack is rough. I'm just, you let's imagine? just not do it. Could you imagine triangle attack on top of Gale Force? Like, oh my god! <laughs> well, that not exactly because you have to set up. You gotta prop Gale Force on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I agree. I like what this game does. There's definitely some characters that get more than others. Like, 
a notable example is Kellum gets like a couple lines. He he's kind of standard fireman fittingly. character where he gets a few lines fittingly, and then he just kind of fades into the background. Same with Tharja, actually. As much of a fan favorite as she is, she's really, at least to my recollection, you know, I don't think she's in Act Two and Three much. She she's kind of just in that one chapter, then is gone. Yeah, you know? that that's yeah, her that's her big moment is that she yeah. doesn't love her country yeah wasn't too big yeah. on the recruiting a plagian mage could have been a good chance to like flesh out their country a bit and like get into the especially their religion dad is a war criminal and stuff mm-hmm. um but her only reason for defecting i think is that she is the hots for robin so like mm. all of that well well but oh, robin yeah. doesn't even she doesn't, meet her. She, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't it's meet crom. robin it's crom it's crom oh it's crom okay yeah mm-hmm. she's just like you know i didn't recruit her this time i don't want i don't, don't, don't want to die for plagia and uh-huh. then she, she and, talks to her and is like, hey. And then she's like, all right. And then she meets Robin. Well, but yeah. actually, okay. there's a little bit more there. Because I read that conversation, too. Krom is trying to convince her to join. And she's like, you really think you can trust me? And he says, I'm trying to be more like my big sister, Emerin, And, you know, put down arms. And yes, I think I can trust you. And I don't know. It's, you know, it's something. It's more than we get from. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, more but than it, it, b- betray your country. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. more, okay. It's like a slight step above from like your generic like early Myrmidon enemy pre like recruitment, like Rutger mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And guy. Yeah. And guy, yeah. Guy. <laughs> the guy conversation's great. It's Matthew going, You owe me one. He's like, Fuck you, Matthew. I don't. You <laughs> set up this situation in which I have to owe you. And he's like, Fuck you, guy. You you're not allowed to lie. It's like a saying amongst your people. I, it's it's great. He basically just blackmails guy into joining your army. <laughs> Darren's just waiting for us to revisit FE7. <laughs> Any day now. Any day. Uh we'll probably do it. I want to talk about for sort it. of sort of the strength of part one is it sets up a mm. lot of mysteries. Like we get the whole mystery with True. who's Marth the Mest, young men with an oddly feminine voice and a nice figure but who's he looks an awful like lot like that lucina from smash bros it's, <laughs> it's as who you, fights as you with the same who fights with all the same spin moves as Krom. his lost well, I mean, and then explicitly the says that they learned those skills from their father and has the same weapon uh interesting but, but my point being my point being, there's a lot of mystery set up. There's like, who's Validar? Who's this mysterious figure that saves him from death? Mm-hmm. What's Grima? What's... Grima's mentioned, which I never noticed which, before. Which, my, I was going to say, my biggest criticism of Awakening as a whole, especially once we get to next time, because next time mm-hmm. there's a chapter, I think we all know what it is, that commits is the all tree? the storytelling sins. Um but I think this game shows its hand way too soon instead of letting mysteries gestate and giving you time to think and process them. It kind of tips you off way too early about them. And I think that even starts with like the in-media res showing uh, Robin in first person wounding Krom. I mm-hmm. think it would have been more effective if they do the whole same thing. But you get a cut to after the battle where you see Krom horribly injured and people like run and go like, what happened? And just to leave you with more intrigue of like, you will eventually try to kill Krom for some reason or some just anything to keep just to keep that more of a mystery. Because part two, literally, it's like chapter 12 or 13, literally just goes, here's all the cards. Here's every mystery in the game. And it's way too much at once and way too sudden. 
And even them just name dropping like, oh, are you Grimma? To when Grimma saves Baladar, I feel like it's it's tipping its hand too much. They should let the mystery build up of who's this mysterious shadowy figure that saved this villainous sorcerer who will be one of our main enemies. Uh, can I can I say this? Val is kind of the lamest villain in this game. They should have he just is. had Gangrel do everything that he did. Even Walhar, from what I remember, I again, my opinion might change on this next time, but Walhar's set up a ton, and it takes forever to meet him. And when you finally meet him, he feels like a really threatening force. And I don't know, Validar just feels kind of lame the entire time. Your weird dad. <laughs> weird evil dad. It's also weird that he not only doesn't look like the default Robin, but also doesn't look like any of the options for Robin. Yeah. Like I don't know, it's anime. That that came that came whatever. after the the character customization. <laughs> they had the design, and they're like, "Oh, but we're gonna make our main character like customizable." Uh. I mean, they could just give him Robin colored hair the way they do Morgan and the kids. Like, yeah, but if it's your I, first really series with pink hair, could you truly take him seriously yeah. at all? Well, yeah. you already can't, and it would at least be funny. By the way, this is a weird question I had, and I'm sure it's in a line of dialogue that I skipped. What is Probably. Aversa's relationship to Gangrel? Are they like, are they like getting it on? Are they like a thing, or is that his sister, or is she just another general? I think she's general? like a femme fatale who's who is a worshiper of Grima, who like yeah. worked her way up into the advisor role, and I think okay. partly she was sent there by Validar to sort of manipulate move things yeah. in motion yeah, yeah. okay especially yeah, once you see her again in part two your crom's like what the hell like you're still around like what yeah yeah, yeah. and even going further further beyond in terms of gang uh gangrel didn't actually really like the the grima cult so he he was he would have actually sort of worked against it it, it but it's just then a versa then start of pushed pushed it more towards into that grima favor where yeah. if left to his own devices, Gangrel would have done most of the same things, but not have pushed too much cult stuff, mm. or as much cult. Interesting. Yeah. Why don't we... I mean, we've... I guess we've touched quite a bit on the story here in Act 1. Should we talk a little bit about how we feel about map design? I guess we haven't really mentioned Awakening Mechanics, where we can talk about... We'll save kids for next part, spoilers, I think, just because it makes more sense to talk about them in part two because we don't have access. But we can talk a little bit about the support system here, how they brought skills back from Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, um, and I guess branching promos. How do you guys feel about all that stuff? I think it's even if it's broken, it's probably the most fun part of the game. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty good. Is it just s systems that they would later then do better in Fates? And oh, and Parap. And then forget later. <laughs> How can I forget Parap? Uh, yeah. Parap is bonkers in this game. It's this, insane. This is like the one game... I, I mean, I guess it's just this and Fates, but this is the one game that if you're using six units, you should actually be using three units. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just pair everybody I, up. Yeah, See, someone I, looked at Fire Emblem and was like, what if half the characters on the map were backpacks instead? Yeah. Because you can I still forgot. switch between. No, you can't. I forgot, um, 
comparing is I, I thought like I haven't played Awakening in a while. I, I felt mm-hmm. like in my mind the gap between like FE thirteen pair up and FE fourteen like attack and defense stance was a lot smaller than it is. No, but it's, it's pair up yeah. is insane. It's a golf. It's a golf. Yeah, yeah it, it is was... a huge golf. I yeah. really underestimated how much work they put into Fates and in making this much better, but oh mm-hmm. boy, is Especially it Especially the unscaling uh, pair-up attack. Yes. Like, like that is ridiculous. nuts. I don't, I don't remember it doing so much damage as being like, oh, oh, that yeah, yeah it's just your normal attack. It, Holy crap. It's just a normal attack. And they <laughs> can still, insane. like, yeah, they can still crit and, you know, trigger skills and things like that. I don't it's, think you can do crazy. skills. Yeah, no skills, but no skills? crit. I'm pretty okay, sure you can crit. I lied. I you can crit. I know you yeah. can crit. Yeah. Yeah. But That's yeah, basically the like the only way I could level up Rickon was like he would ping <laughs> someone and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then, Robin or whoever would just actually kill them. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did time. that all the yeah. time. Also, I will say when, also with pair up in this game, like it's the least of the balance problems, but also dual guard and dual strike hover pretty close to 50% a lot of the time, which is yeah. kind of the worst place Especially for with high stuff. Yeah, well, like we'll when it's low, it's like hit, you can just kind of let it be an occasional bonus, and when it's high, you can kind of bet on it happening, like hit rates. Mm-hmm. But it gets really ran. Like this is not how anyone plays Awakening anyway. But if you wanted to be very methodical and specific, it would be pretty difficult because you never know what your damage output is going to be. Mm-hmm. The, like with supports, like S supports, you can have your dual strike up even like seventy percent, which is. Like almost consistent, yeah. which yeah, is absurd. Then there's then there's, then there's Krom with du- yeah, the, uh, dual yeah, strike yeah. plus. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Great Knight gets that ability too, right? Yeah, oh, dual guard dark plus. Dual yeah. guard plus. Okay. Yeah. Increase the chance, but uh, I guess yeah, they they hammer a lot of the details out in Fates. Though I technically one of the one of the details they do better with Awakening pair up compared to Fates pair up is the stats you get are also based on the sort of backpack unit stats and not just mm-hmm. tier class stats. Yeah. So there is some incentive to, you know, actually ra- raise the backpack unit up and not just like in, in like in fates, you know, you you just promote Charlotte and like yeah. all right, yeah. there you go. That's, that's, that's awesome. it. <laughs> yeah. Where, no, yeah. I'm I'm with you. It's definitely a, a I, that's the one thing I like better in this game. Um we throw a lot of shade at fates deservedly, but I think pretty much all of us can agree that in terms of gameplay, gameplay in Fates, they made a lot of really smart changes, I think, to yeah. iron out systems here that work. Especially works. just how every everything yeah. involving pair up in general is and yeah. reclassing. They they yeah. realized pretty quickly after this came out that they uh that the game was absolutely broken the way it was. Yeah. So they uh reined it in a bit with um with Fates. And like the I, I, I think they tried to find a way to disincentivize pairing up a bit. And with the attack stance, and that kind of worked. So it's not like like you were saying earlier, where you field six units, but you should be using three. It's a little bit less of the case in the future. But in this yeah, in this game, yeah. it's ridiculous. In particular, as well, you know, I think most of us have gotten to all of us on this podcast have gotten to this point because we've played so much Fire Emblem and in so much of this game in particular. Just like you can do sort of to a lesser degree because it's less necessary and the maps are over, in general bigger than games like Path of Radiance, but just like you can do shove smite shenanigans in that game, you can also do pair up transfer switch shenanigans and stuff yep. like that yep. in this game, which in particular with the dancer makes things pretty nuts. Right. Yeah, and rescue is feeds into all of that too. 
Um, yeah, although, these like, broken, the man. <laughs> maps are route, but it, it's a lot less meaningful to be able to do that. I don't know. You get so many Yeah. And just being able to just, especially with the rescue stave, which we, we haven't really been able to get the full use out of since it's not viable yet at this point. You only get like the one from Donald's Paralog, and I think that you get another one from like a village somewhere. So, so like Paralog uh, 2, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Well, well all yeah, you guys were getting, well, all you guys were getting Master Seals at your bonus shops. I was getting extra rescue staves. I have like four or five. Man, lucky you. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so like when we get into the when we get into later, we'll be able to you'll we'll, we'll, we will really feel the movement options in Fates are pretty insane. Despite it's sort of, really fun though. Yeah, despite some limitations still being there, it's the, you're able to just pretty much do whatever you want, which in an extent is pretty pretty enjoyable feeling. They, they thought also, by removing they, like conquest at least had more. The maps had a lot more going on, so movement became more important again. Yeah, especially like in, Dragon awa- in Awakening, especially if you're not trying to LTC and you're just kind of trying to play moderately. Like, it only matters so much when the vast majority of time you're just kind of plonking down with one two and hitting the start button. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's still important. Obviously, movement is like insanely useful, but just in Awakening compared to other Fire Emblem games, it is proportionately less significant, I think. I, I In some I, ways I, I to me... Go ahead. So, in some ways to me, with the skill system and with the map design, which we'll get into shortly, this game feels like, in some ways, the sequel but at the same time precursor to what they do with Echoes, where as Fates, they kind of refocused the series and made it much more of a, a true strategy focus. I think just because of the way you can snowball in this game, it feels a lot more like a traditional RPG design-wise, which I think yeah. Three Houses does in general, too. Um, and it's to its me, but I think it succeeds on those terms. The skill I was just is really say, extensive. The infinite leveling. Like, I don't... I never played the, like, DLC super bosses or whatever, but, like, there's a lot no, of mechanical no. depth Oh, yeah. Within the sort of standard JRPG grind up to insane builds kind of side of it, you know, mm-hmm. for all that that is not usually a thing that Fire Emblem does and that maybe usual Fire Emblem stuff suffered for the, you know, di- redirection of focus, I think they did a pretty good job with it um, as far as I, I can tell. For the people who like that thing, there's a lot to dig into with that, especially when you add stuff like Limit Breaker and all of the other like absurd skills and reclassing and <laughs> min-maxing child pairings for skills and stats and pair up. Like, there yeah. is a lot to dig into if you really want to dig into the game like that. There's a lot of intricate yeah. systems and Absolutely. the way they mesh together and you can just optimize this game to the, the absolute limit is really cool. And I think the way that you're like, uh, awakening DLC right now... Skills, to take to other places. It's a lot more like the Final Fantasy job system or something than it is like even branching Fire Emblem promotions usually That's are. a good way to put it. And like I even think... all of us, we're not grinding, we're just playing till the end of the game, but you get so many yeah. levels that we're still planning out like second and third class oh, yeah. progressions, mm-hmm. you know. I think even... of the three uh, games that I mentioned that kind of have that more traditional RPG sort of gameplay or, you know, design ethos. I think this game, and again, I'm talking purely gameplay here, some people might get mad. Those games being Echoes, Awakening, and Three Houses. I think this game succeeds the most. Um, the skills are the most fun. It, it, 
I think sits at the most happy medium between sort of strategy and traditional RPG. And like you said, with the kids, with the skills, with how crazy reclassing can get, it it kind of, even though it's the easiest, it sort of becomes the most strategic (laughs) because there's so many different options you have and every playthrough feels different. But you have a lot of options if you want to, to like over-optimize it beyond what you need. Exactly. Um, and, you know, that's not to be discounted. Like, you can beat every Fire Emblem game pretty easily by low manning and just kind of steamrolling through, especially mm-hmm. if you go slow. Um, in this game, there are a lot more ways to do that. Uh, yeah. You can build it up a lot more differently. I think uh, with that, we should begin to talk about the reclassing system, which is yes. in itself grouped into infinite levels. Um Oh boy! <laughs> Where do we start it's, here? Uh, it's, uh, just a uh, they wanted to change how they did it in Shadow Dragon and New Mystery Emblem, where you could just reclass at no cost, but they had a there was a limit to how many of one class you could have, mm-hmm. and they decided, all right, let's put a we'll remove the limit, but put a monetary value on it, and just get the seals, you know, mm-hmm. a bit more controlled, and not uh, just that, but also theory which I think is a really smart change, even if it takes options away from the player. I think it was smart that they made, you know, with Robin Robin aside, um, character-specific class changes, which they do even more so in uh, Fates. You know, right. having Maribel only be able to reclass into, I don't even remember what it is, I think it's like Priest or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's Priest and Pegasus. Now. Priest and Pegasus makes her different from Frederick, who can be you know, Great Knight, Wyvern, and I think I think Mage. <laughs> I think it's mm-hmm. something like that. But it, it just makes, you know, a series which is already supposed to be, with classic mode being a thing, already supposed to be, you get attached to these characters and they feel different from one another. It makes them feel even more different instead of just every single person being a flyer, which happens anyway. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but still, yeah, there's more planning that goes into that. Exactly. And more you know, resources um, and it is, it's a big, it's a lot more personalized than the DS reclassing system. Mm-hmm. In practice, there are so many options that you still get some of the drawbacks on like a character level. Like sure. you can take away Cherish's Wyvern and stuff. Um, and which even is funny, but. <laughs> and even if the uh, monetary value is added, that does kind of disappear later on. But not only can you reclass in this game, there are also class-specific skills, which uh, I think, you know, we've seen skills in other games in the series, but to me, this is the first game where they really figured these skills out. Even, you know, obviously Gale Force is broken, but I mean the systems around them, where you have it at 1, 10, and then 5, and 15. It makes, you know, Chef earlier was talking about dipping into Myrmidon and then going to Bonite. Uh, which is, you know, in previous games in the series, if a reclassing option was available and you have a character who can use swords and tomes, there would be absolutely no reason to dip into Myrmidon. But this game gives you, it gives you incentive to, and even if there are opportunities to grind so that it doesn't impact true story narrative progression, if you choose not to grind like we are, it still forces you into an unoptimal class for a little bit of time, which I think yeah. is interesting. And especially compared to the the DS games, where those games you'd have sort of set weapon rank right. minimums, where you know if you were a sniper, you'd always have at least C bows. Where here, 
you could be E is a thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you you will have to deal with E rank weapons, and yes. while you're able to sort of forge them up, which we can talk a little bit again later, and have pair up bonuses, it's not as big of a drawback. But you still feel like, oh man, this 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 bronze lance, this is kind of this is kind of weak. <laughs> when, when can I get the real stuff? Yeah. But it, though again, it's another thing that fates sort of irons out even more on that end. But here it's you know pretty good pretty good int- introduction of this system like for a first attempt at this it's a good start yeah yeah you can kind of you can really see the progression with the skill system uh, like genealogy it's basically just tied to character um, and then the children right. you get a little more wiggle room to customize and path of radiance you can in more of an theory item. customize but in practice there's like not that many scrolls so mm-hmm. most of your team is just going to be rocking their default skills most of the time. Yeah, and, there's and then Radiant the, like, Dawn had that capacity thing that kind of made it a lot less interesting than it could have been. Um, but at least, at least in Radiant Dawn, you could then take skills off of people. Yeah, no, Radiant Dawn did it around. pretty well, but like most characters had half their skill slots locked, so that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's, yeah, tougher yeah. occult skills. Where here, here, yeah, you got you got five skills. Do what you want. Figure mm-hmm. it out. Any combination. To me, and, and it I, lets you just rearrange them from your like skill pool, which is such a nice quality of life thing. Yeah. Um, so you can still yeah. have it tied to character and like what jobs they've been through. Sorry, classes, but uh, you also have them to play with their move set and experiment. Skills are certainly a bit overtuned in this game, which they would fix in Fate. Um, but I, I don't know, and you know, I know we're not, talk- not talking about this game, but to me, they, it's a little. Uh, skills just don't even feel worth going for half the time in three houses. I, I don't really, I don't know. I, like, Chef, you definitely have more experience with that game than I do. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, whenever I play it, I I really just go for the classes I want the characters to yeah, end up in. Yeah, with, with three houses, it's like the skills are tied to masteries, which take forever to really yeah. do. Where, you know, Awakening here, all right, you know, for the basic class skills like okay you could get level one easily level 10 pretty mm-hmm. easy promoted classes yeah then then you start to get more stuff but the 15, promoted sure, skills but are really pretty good. easy yeah yeah but then the promoted skills are really good where three houses it's like you know do i really want to spend like so much time as whatever for like defiant res it's yeah. like not HP not plus two, four yeah <laughs> Where, but there's still there's still a hierarchy of skills, but it's just in the very like intermediate classes. You just want to be like fighter, archer, or mage, mm-hmm. and then just for those skills, really good skills. But then everything past that's like not really worth the time. Yeah, but at at the same time, even with the good skills like that, it's still way more work for less reward. So, right. yeah, where you, know. you spend so much time as a brigand just to get death blow, which is attack plus six where you know you could spend the same amount of time in awakening you know you become a thief get move plus one you yeah. know that move plus one a lot more a lot more <laughs> feels good to... yeah that kind of skip in to grab a, a low-hanging fruits uh skill that's really useful in three houses it's more about like the teaching things like go in writing to get plus move go into armor mm-hmm. to get um however that like minus weight however that works in that game i can't remember i don't but, remember like, yeah it's weight minus three and shove three house yeah. is gonna be nuts when we cover it i don't even know how the hell we're gonna cover oh, that oh. game. there is a draft set up for it oh, oh really it's called but i'm not even confusing but i'm not there. even worried about draft i'm more worried about like how the hell do we no, don't worry this. that that that'll be <laughs> yeah. in the draft yeah we yeah. got 
I mean, it, it took us 10, 10 years after release for Awakening, so you know we can we can do three houses the same way. Darren, what's <laughs> what's your opinion on all of these systems? Because we've been talking a lot, but I'm curious. How do you feel about how this game handles skills and reclassing and all that stuff? I think it's better than what I would have originally given it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like a lot of us have mentioned, there's a fun aspect to it with the flexibility. Like ultimately, ultimately, like the only the highest levels of this game's difficulty will really take advantage of the most optimal skill setups. Like just through playing on normal or hard, you do not need to really worry about skills like at all. And even on hard mode where, you know, it is more challenging, there's some beefier enemies, just certain characteristics of some characters are enough to clear most maps. Like, just Frederick and Luna is enough to carry you through probably 80% of the game, no problem. So I wish, and this is something that, like, uh, Conquest gets right, in more mm-hmm. so in terms of its difficulty balancing, it better rewards that through the actual game. Rather, with Awakening, it's just like an open field you could make it as busted as you want to be so if you you, there are ways to limit yourself if you're trying to do a challenge run and not bore yourself to tears through like lunatic plus or something right so i think going through it through this visit i've enjoyed the awakening uh systems more than i remember and i remember kind of being on that more uh let's say aggressive opposition of awakening and like that you'd see in the community where people just think it's poorly balanced, it's bad, done. I think I, I would have leaned I that way. I think historical context ago. is really important there. Yeah. Because you have to remember, you know, when it was the newest game, it seemed like they could all just be like that forever. It reminds me a lot of the, the Final Fantasy 13 backlash, also, actually. Oh, like, Lord. When, when you've got the newest thing well. and it's got some, not as bad, obviously, but when yeah. you've got the newest thing and it's like getting the big push and especially with Awakening where it's super insanely successful, it's really easy to fear that everything will just be in that mold for their foreseeable future. Um, and when I joined the fandom, Fates was on the horizon. So it really, really looked like that. Right. Um, and ultimately, that's not what happened. Like, say what you will about Echoes and Three Houses, but they are not just another Awakening game. Yeah. Um, mm. And even Face probably was less of that than it looked like it was originally going to be in Conquest. But when you're immersed in that, and it looks like, you know, and people are talking about turning Oife into an avatar in an FE4 remake, it's easy <laughs> to be like, you know, that's where it goes from, I don't really like these systems in this game, to, oh my god, these are destroying Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something of that's something that Fire Emblem is very good at. That like outside of like the basic fundamental things that make a Fire Emblem game a Fire Emblem, like the the turn based strategy and grid based and stuff, almost nothing is sacred. They'll throw anything yeah. at the wall to try it, and if it works, they'll try it again. They'll optimize it. If it doesn't, they'll throw it in the trash and never do it again. And even if it does work, they'll still throw it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, capturing like back, damn it. Like, things that work tend to get a good run, at least. And when they're discarded, yeah. it's, you know, because they don't really fit in whatever they're doing next. Pokemon could take some lessons. Yeah. Anyway. Like, like I mean, Sonic, a... they, they barely figure it out, and then they throw it in the trash and start over with garbage. I mean, um, Sonic been doing is... that for 30 years. Yeah, Pokemon, they, they take like everywhere. one step forward and thirty steps back every generation. <laughs> exactly. You know, Fire Emblem is like the good version of that, where they're always willing to experiment. Uh, no two games are really identical. Even Awakening and Fates are like 
you know, other kind of paired uh, stuff like the the lead games or whatever. Um, you see that willingness to experiment, and that's yeah. really cool, I think, in the series. And I also, uh, you know, I don't blame anyone for being skeptical that that would continue in 2013 when Awakening is huge and successful and everyone's talking about how it saved the series. And you're like, but what about my map design? Do we yeah. just not get to have that anymore? I Good think segue. It's, it's not like that. That's an incredible segue, but yes, I'm just being mindful for time. And I'm thinking, I'm proposing that we save map design for next time, just yeah, because... Well, the, arc, the arc two is when we really... The, the yeah. problem yes. really yes. started. I was going <laughs> to say, you'll have a strong get... juxtaposition of part one map design and part two map design. You'll get to For see sure. like the full spectrum of what this game has to offer. <laughs> That's yeah, a like, good call. And it is a full spectrum. Like a bit, of, a bit of a spoiler, there's a question later asking about same turn reinforcements. And yeah. in part one, it's sort it's of whatever. Bad. Pretty fine. You know, you get. But then in part two. That's when you start to get the egregious. <laughs> There's no Mila's yes. tree yet. Yes. Anyway, I think with that, it sounds like we're on the same page here. Why don't we cover the questions that we got, and then I think we'll call it an episode, part one here. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right. So if you guys want to uh, send us any questions, you can join our Discord, which is always in the description of our podcast, or you can email us at emblemcast at gmail.com. So... Uh, I guess we will start with the first question here. Um, and that is, did the team that did the Awakening in Fates cutscenes do a better job than the ones in the three houses in Shadows of Valentia? That's a, that's tough, actually. That's really. I tough. I, I like I would, the. Uh, I'd argue I'd like the Awakening look better. I think they was, they look really was, good. Yeah. They sound better. I really Shadows like Shadows of Valentia. of Valentia. I love it. I love that game. I love that game more than anyone else here, probably. But yeah. I will say yeah. its use of 3D animation looks a lot cheaper and less like refined than what the look mm -hmm. they had. In, yeah, uh, I, I remember. When, I remember when the SOV cutscenes, you know, they start getting put on YouTube. I remember just everyone was like, "What? Why is it so choppy?" Compared yeah. to every yeah. episode. Yeah. And, and Three Houses only really has like three, so it's hard to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of them is the like, suddenly Robin fell into a pit for some reason. You mean Violet? Violet? When you've only got like Robin. three cutscenes, and it's one of them Violet. is like incomprehensible. Oh, wow. sorry. Yeah. yeah, not not Robin. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, all, in, in a way, they're all interchangeable, but yeah. <laughs> sure. I think to a certain extent, a lot of it just kind of comes down to the art style differences between the games. That like just th the direction of art in Awakening and Fates because they have different artists from Three Houses and Shadows of Valentia. The cutscenes more closely reflect the art, the uh, the art style of each of those respective games. That's fair, but God, I really love this Shadows of Valentia uh, art I do. style. I, I would, yeah, it's a yes. good art style. It just didn't didn't translate as well into the cutscenes. No, it did not. You're, you're, I mean, I think you're you're probably. Yeah, I mean, right sure. There. Yeah, in terms of portrait presentation and just background, it's, it's like the best stuff. of the series. It's very yeah. good. But in terms of the cutscenes, which, yeah, but yeah, I think we're pretty much in agreement there. So the also, next question, there, by the way, there's so many oh. in Awakening too. There's so many. Yeah, yeah there's a lot. As, I was talking about, you know, there's like yeah, in like three houses, which is on the Switch, which you would think, oh, okay, more powerful system, and they've had put more time. There'd be more cutscenes, but mm -hmm. there's like four, like two in the two or three in the beginning, and then like one or two at the end. Mm -hmm. 
And even then, you half of those are cut if you go the Edelgard route. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's where Awakening, like, part one, there's, like, five, seven in just Yeah, there's, like, one. five there's or six, ton. I think. There's yeah, a lot. Something yeah, like that. They go away a bit for part two. And then, then come, like many come back things, again. like many things, a lot of things disappear. <laughs> we'll get there. We will Man, get there. <laughs> we're gonna have a great episode. We're gonna have a great episode Ooh, next time. I know. This episode was so positive for the most part. But we're I gonna slam like, dunk. I, 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 next time. Yeah, there are problems. But I, I will, I will stand against the tide here. <laughs> like, we'll like awakening itself. We're we're starting with a really positive part one, and we are gonna draw the knives next time. Yeah, knives out. Yeah. Anyway, the next Jeff's gonna question. have to weather the storm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Next question. Um, by the way, these first couple are from Hobo. Uh, the next question is: How disappointed were you when there was no Fire Emblem Four remake announced in the last direct? Why? Why is it that every time we go for more than a year without some sort of Effie-related news dropping, we as a collective fan base just start scraping the barrel of content? Well, I think the last part's easier to answer. It's just because sure. we, we've we sort of been trained, starting with Awakening, funnily enough, that we get a Fire Emblem game every year to two years, and if not going, a Fire Emblem game... The, going before that, Effie 6 to like Radiant Dawn, or actually to Shadow Dragon, yeah. like one every year or every other year. Yeah. So we yeah. like like it's we, not a game every year every time, but like new it's something, like something will be announced. You know? Yeah, like we you know, something we, to speculate about or reflect on every year. Also, right. Look at the direct and how many remakes were announced. How cool would it be to have no. an H a two D H two D H D remake of like Genealogy of the Holy War? Can you imagine? Are you thinking <laughs> something like Octopath style like, kind of? Yeah, yeah. by the, yeah. the, yeah. the, the, the that art style. Yeah. Okay. Like not yeah, even going full three D, just going. Let's just refine the HD. The come on, 2D Darren. If... And actually, to Awakening's credit, it's doing uh, you know sprites on the map on the model. It was doing that before Octopath. Octopath looks a lot better. Um, yes. But that but that map style has stuck with the series, I guess until Three Houses. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, until Three yeah. Houses. Um, yeah. But that but that but, looks great. It looks great in Fates and Echoes too. Like I think it's a good choice for the style. You get to keep some of the sprites. They should maybe do that with the animations too. If they ever uh, do GBA remakes, they, that would be the way to go. Yes, yeah. I completely agree. That's a good call. But I will say, Darren, if I know anyone that potentially lost their shit when they saw. A, a live alive remake it was probably you <laughs> i was marking out more at front mission but i i was like what wow <laughs> this opens yeah. the door where when's when chrono trigger <laughs> i don't know why everyone doesn't just use 2d hd all the time for almost everything i will say i feel I think like you, you I feel need like... the investment you need the investment yeah. in the engine and the lighting setup and it's it and just it's it, it, it like you have to train your staff on how to Right, Make and if you're the best out of it, and to be fair, if you're, if you're also remaking or remastering an old game, then you'll there will always be those people like it. It's not like how the original looked, and then oh, it's yeah. like yeah, but those people always buy it anyway. Yeah, well, because <laughs> they're, they're, they're very fans. discontent yeah. <laughs> vocally. They're a very loud minority. They'll write a nasty Twitter thread, but I I will say I like 2D HD 2D overall, but sometimes it's a little too like vfx heavy too much blue yeah a lot of blue too much. yeah and in triangle uh, strategies like against that art style like i'd argue the sprites are too mm -hmm. simple for like most units like when you look at something my, like tactics ogre the sprites are more detailed and so it'd be nice to my see theory that and 
Yeah, in particular, my theory with Octopath is if you notice, not only is there a ton of bloom, but the edges of the screen are super blurred out, and I'm assuming it's because of performance issues on Switch. I, I may be wrong, and it's stylistic, but that's how it's always felt for me. But It could be performance, but there's definitely an effect um, with the camera zoom in, like, time-lapsed or when you're, like, zooming in in miniature on a diorama or something. I think the Link mm -hmm. Link's Awakening did this, too. Um, but it's simulating the effect of a real camera that's filming, like, a small model. Uh, the edges look like that because of the uh, effect of the zoom. Yeah, it's that's like a fair. diorama because that was that's the fair. style of those old Final Fantasy games. They were modeled off of that. Triangle it's actually cool. If you take, like, a time lapse of, like, a real road or something and then you blur the edges, you can make it look like it's a fake model just by yeah. doing that, yeah. like, tilt shift it's and lower the frame rate. It's kind of cool. Um, but also off topic. So uh, moving on to the next question. Yeah. More, yeah. More, of, more of a joke question here. What do you think of the cursed revelation that in that some point in Arcanea's history, there has likely been at least one Greek-styled fully nude statue of Martha Maid? Is okay, that so the dude walks around without pants, so I don't really know what, uh, yeah. what a fully nude statue is really adding to that. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that. good money. I'd be willing to bet good money that Tiki commissioned it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tiki's three thousand years old, so she, she's got she, time. She's got time. She, you know, she she made some bank. It's probably the only reason she was hanging out with Crom because the dash <laughs> broke down. Fuck it. Yeah, oh, shit, yeah like who, who smashed all these Marth statues? You're like Lucina. Can you put your hair up again? <laughs> Don't ask questions. Um. Okay. Uh, next anyway, question. Yeah. Next one here. Were you playing the game blind as if you were a cave hermit from the Swiss Alps who has never heard of Fire Emblem? How early would you guess the Lucina twist? Well, I guess I... there's technically two twists. One that, you know, she's a girl, which not That's not immediately obvious. I yeah, feel I, like. guess, I guess 50-50, yeah. depending on how much you want to believe on, like, femboy anime style, like, you know. Depending on if you have the game muted when she talks, and it's... Some animes that, you know, that character could still be a guy yeah. but in terms of being you know a daughter or daughter of crom like chapter four next I was yeah. just gonna say chapter did four, any of you guys actually go in blind because i played it after smash four so i knew uh oh, yeah i, I went blind. Blind. blind yeah yeah all, all, all i knew was that like people were like all right crom crom's gonna be the crom's gonna be like the next lord in smash before they even announced like the next yeah, smash that's what game. I heard too. Mm -hmm. and i was like oh, it's gonna be crom surprise he got his chance eventually. Eventually, <laughs> as for the question itself, uh, I th I'd say as soon as Lucina's identity is revealed to be a girl, like as soon as it's like, oh, Martha's actually a girl in disguise, you immediately go, well, why would she pretend to be Marth and wear a mask in disguise? And you're like, well, pr and she's from the future, so fights with the same sword. So as soon as that revelation yeah. happened, my blind playthrough, I was like, yeah, that's that's Crom's daughter. Yeah, or his like question... long lost sister. <laughs> yeah it was something like that i don't exactly remember uh, I mean, but i remember time, calling time girl immediately time travel it's like time, okay yeah, it's probably, time travel's introduced like all right gotta be better yeah i forgot you can here. see that she is the falchion uh in that map where you fight her that's like chapter five right that's the whole point of that cutscene because yeah, 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 like the, how did you get that <laughs> yeah the, the chapter is i think literally called like two falchions yeah yeah, yeah. something like that yeah but yeah all right, next next question. I should yeah. say that these questions are from Zerk. Mm -hmm. uh, are the Risen boring? Yes. Yes, yeah. but not nearly as boring as the goddamn... I don't even Faceless. remember what they're called. Faceless? Is that Faceless. it? From yeah. Fates? 
Uh, yeah, because yeah. I was just reading... Uh, anyway, yes, there isn't a boring... Every game that has grinding has zombies or whatever monsters because they don't want to have you, like, farming random encounters uh, and just, like, killing half the continent's population. And I will I say, like... If you're going to have grinding, then having boring zombies is better than making your characters even bigger mass murderers than they already are. Sacred um, Stones makes the most sense, because at least they're like in-world kind of monsters and stuff. And they're actually yeah. unique classes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the monsters are, are like just whole evil... This is just yeah, evil brigand, cool evil wyvern and rider. But... Mm -hmm. And the flo floating eyeballs and stuff, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can really um, see them get lazier with it every time. Like, Sacred Stones is built into the lore, you have cool giant spiders, and then Awakening, it's like, yeah, I don't know, I guess Grimma can summon zombies, so they brought them back, fine. Mm -hmm. And then Fates is just like... Yo, they're there, dude. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Stop asking questions. Fates? We're fates. Were they even new in fates, or were they just like a thing that was around? I honestly, they, they were no. They were they were they were a thing that were around. Yeah. Do they ever get explained? I don't think so. I think they're I just think like Iago, oh, what's these, like controls these, yeah, them or something. They're, they're Iago's thing. Because <laughs> everything's Iago. <laughs> well, Iago does a lot. I guess yeah. three houses kind of lets you grind, and it doesn't have. Uh... Oh no, it does have monsters anyway. I forgot about that. Uh, but you well, but, no, but when you grind, you 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 murder yeah. people. Yeah, you do. But that also is a schedule, so it's not you're not murdering unless, unless you're on. You only mode. do it on Sundays every month, okay? Wait, does normal it's mode fine. like not advance the schedule? Yeah, normal mode. There's no, you can. There's no. There's like battles don't take any schedule. That really? is wild. I mean, that was barely a mechanic, but they just they sure yeah, just so they just, out. Yeah. So <laughs> you you could just murder a billion people. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Anyway, well, you heard uh, it here first. Uh, Byleth is even worse than Smash fans already yeah. thought he was. See that? True. <laughs> uh, so Zerk's last question here is: Awakening map design is not considered the series' best. It focuses on being interesting aesthetically rather than interesting mechanically. Do you, excuse me. Do you like this approach? No. Um, I think as we said, we'll cover it more yeah, next we'll, time. Yeah, we'll <laughs> talk talk about it more later when we get more into the other stuff. Yeah. No, but I think. I think there were good attempts here. Like, I think, you know, we'll, we'll obviously cover this next time. The whole Mila tree, like, it's an awful map, but I think visually it's really nice, and if you didn't have those constant same-term reinforcements, it wouldn't be nearly as bad. All right, which so. leads into the next question from Seaswinds. How do you feel about ambush reinforcements? <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck them. Uh, we're, we're, we're not at the worst of them yet. No. Like, Look, they they're at really best like unnoticeable later. because they're weak and far away, so it doesn't matter. In which or, case, they don't have to be ambush reinforcements. Or when they do matter, you can't fucking account for them. Like, yeah, I have heard yeah. some people it's just that it is crucial for map balance uh, to like have them be able to move, so you can't like camp them when they spawn. I don't like, you know. Sure, if you want to say that, I'm willing to you know accept it for the sake of argument. But even in that case, you can have them like appear as ghosts, so you can check their stats and their attack and their exact positioning and stuff. Like, you know, just hear if they are a real challenge that matters, because if they're not, obviously, it doesn't matter. Uh, but just hearing like, "Hey, some wyverns are like coming from the north," that does not tell you the information you need to make a tactical decision. Yeah. Well, the thing too is, all the other games did this. Like the GBA games would be like would have a portrait of a commander or the boss go like bring in the reinforcements and you knew mechanically they're going to appear at these fortresses so mm. there's like a warning and you can prepare for that and if you fail like the first time if you get bamboozled you you are aware of that mechanic going forward anytime the guy's like hey 
reinforcements are going to be here soon. You're like, okay, I better watch these fortresses. Whereas in Awakening, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to rush the boss. And it's like, bam, Wyvern Rider reinforcements. Sorry, Olivia, you weren't paired up with anyone because you're a dancer. Yeah, it's boring trial and error gameplay at its worst. Yeah. And it makes Awakening's low, low man problem even worse because anyone who's a support unit who's who is existing in their vicinity is just going to get killed. Yeah, so they're just screwed. Like, okay, I'll just send my gods out and ignore everyone else again. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement um, But that's there, if they're though. a challenge. You know, the ones in part one are not, so it doesn't really matter. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll, just we'll, we'll, we'll get to part two. We'll yeah. just yeah. become the knowledge check. We'll, we'll feel uh, more strongly about this going forward. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Much more. Then. Next question I think we kind of covered is yeah, what are the, the pros, pros and cons of class changing and awakening? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think we I think we covered that yeah. pretty solidly. So the last mm -hmm. one here is... Did anyone find Chapter Seven somewhat annoying? Which yeah, that, one is Seven? That's, that's the Cordelia chapter, I believe. Yeah. Oh, uh, that one. No, not really. No, I, yeah. I, I had did get Frederick. killed by an ambush spawn because uh, I forgot about them when I first mm -hmm. played it, but I just reset. It wasn't a big yeah. deal. Yeah, I, no. I had Frederick was... on a wyvern, so he kind of just wrapped up the map <laughs> yeah. pretty quick. For me, my remarkable. The most consistently frustrating early game chapter, if you're trying to recruit everyone and keep them alive, is Chapter Five, the one with Maribel and Rickon. That that one can be a little bit frustrating. It's not like insanely difficult not but... unless you've got the rescue staff with Lissa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not all of us are lucky enough to draft Lissa. I mean, I, I I didn't I didn't pay too much for her. So <laughs> you didn't. I'm looking four hundred. Wow, that's pretty good. I knew. <laughs> But seven's not too bad. Actually, eight is a little bit more annoying too. Recruiting Tharja and getting Libra out of there, if you don't have tanky units, just with you know whole desert restricting movement, can be Frederick a little bit frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be my answer to most annoying maps. <laughs> yeah, yeah Devin, you're, you're, ta you're talking to us like we did. We all, you were the only one that didn't have an out for that. I'm the only one that didn't have a flyer. Yeah, did you or, not? Uh, yeah, or a magic unit. Yeah, I had aside. a flyer. I had both. Yeah. You really did have the worst team. I had yeah, like you, you two really had flyers no by that point. And I mean, I don't know if my I was the only the worst, one with restricted but... movement for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, all of mine had restricted movement. Yeah, no, I had a wyvern and I had a sage at that point, so it was like a non-issue, really. I just don't don't let the fanboys hear this, but I just killed Tharja. Wow. She's dead now. Wow. I didn't get a Nosferatu for free. I'm sorry. And like yeah. Tharja, you are now dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think that uh, I think that about covers it here. Um, yeah. I'm dead to Keegan, so I guess this will be my last episode on the show. Yeah, well, I'll put you where we found where we put Chris. <laughs> it's Into been a Pacific. good run. It's been a good run. Fifty, you know, something episodes if we're including both seasons. Uh, At least anyway, we guys, this, right? season three. Now that Devin's gone, yeah, season three. Um, we we ended up getting a lot more groundwork here than I thought we would, uh, which is not a bad thing by any means. But we we had a lot to say about just eleven chapters of one game. Yeah, and we'll have an entirely different set of things to say. <laughs> yes, I think so. Next eleven chapters. I think so. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. before we go quickly, what would you guys say your overall thoughts on this playthrough of Awakening have been so far? I, I'll start off and say. I was looking forward to it going in because it's been quite a while since I've played Awakening last, and I just remember it above all else being fun. And you know what? Above all else, at least so far, 
this game has been a lot of fun to go through. It's not perfect. It's got serious problems, but it also does some things incredibly well. And I think something's better than some of the recent more, even more critically acclaimed games like Three Houses have done uh, in the series. So it's been fun to revisit. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the same way I like Pokemon. Like, that that's kind of the way to engage with it. Um, like, it's pretty Fair. easy. You can kind of just zone out and snowball into godhood. Mm. Um, you know, I was I was re-watching Futurama while I played these chapters. Like, hey, there you go. Both of us were, it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good for that. And it's fun, you know, that is fun to do. I, I don't think it's a, a bad experience. Um, certainly, it's a lot more fun than, like, slogging through Echoes or something, even if Echoes is a game I want to like more than I do. Uh, I think Awakening does a lot right. Uh, it does a lot wrong, but we'll save that for next time. <laughs> yeah. How about the rest of you guys? It's fun. It's, it's just a lot it of fun. fun. It's, it is a lot of fun. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy pretty much every aspect of it, aside mm-hmm. from one, one part, really. Yeah. I went in cautiously optimistic, and I'd say I was pleasantly surprised. Even as, you know, as studious as I am, paying attention to all the cutscenes, I was like, hey, this is better than what I would give credit to from my previous memories of it. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like some of the, it could be some of the experience of like the last half of the game kind of ruining the the first third that's like, pretty solid all things considered mm-hmm. so i mean th- this positive tone will likely change substantially at I least some i mean i think like map design wise but the things the game does well like well some of the things the game does well just mechanically aren't going to change that much I-, I don't know we'll see sure. maybe i'm shooting myself in the foot and you know if you think we'll see Devin on poorly aged things we'll <laughs> see you saying that without your army of flyers yeah, yeah. I have an army of flyers by then, though. I have some reclass options. All right. Well, next well. time on Emblem Cast, the <laughs> Emblem Cast no learns the middle half part of Awakening is not very fun. I can make Lucina in a, into a flyer, right? Is she, what, is she married? Oh yeah, I guess yeah. Robin. Yeah. I can get Dark Flyer Lucina. Why not? No, you can't. It's. Oh yeah, no. It no, no. Yeah, you can't. Wait, I can't. Oh, no, no, it's, it's if, just if you're getting it from Robin. Armor. Yeah, if you're getting if you're classes. Yeah, if married to Maribel, then yeah, it can be Dark Flyer, but not not okay. from Robin. Okay, whatever. I'll, I still have some options for flyers. Um. Anyway, guys, this I think that's been all of us, right? For covering, yep, I didn't forget I someone so. for a third time. Okay, yeah. great. You probably did. <laughs> probably. Viewer, what did you think of uh, playing through the first? third of awakening has it have any of you guys been playing along with us that'll be fun uh if you do let us know either in the discord or email which again is at emblemcast at gmail.com i gotta start checking that now that we're uploading uh episodes I again. Out. what was that email again it was emblemcast at gmail.com <laughs> thanks but you can I'll also reach email. us by joining our discord we have an entire channel for listener questions where you can go ahead and start asking whatever you want about the middle part of the game uh, yes we will and we'll far more it. importantly, we have a channel dedicated to bullying. Oh, no. Don't don't let them know. Don't let them know. No, it's too late. That's it's the it, biggest it. source of new uh, participants on our Discord. <laughs> it's <laughs> only the channel. biggest source because as soon as someone enters enters our goddamn Discord, Husser just pings them and says, "Hey, have you have you heard of this channel called Fuck Devin? It's great." Look, I know what the people want. 
but so for for <laughs> next time for those playing along, we will be going up to chapter twenty. Which... Are we completing? Uh, this is yeah, we're completing chapter twenty. As well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're completing twenty. Okay. Yeah, chapter twenty is Walhart gonna die. Yeah, it's the, fi the final confrontation with Walhart. But he's not yeah, gonna so actually die though. Lobster. Yeah, so that's that's nine. That's about nine chapters there. However. Can also we'll also be doing child paralogs, a lot of them. Yep. For some of us. Some yeah, some of us yep, will doing yep. some of us will have different I've got things a to I've report. got an extra paralog. I've got an extra paralog I gotta go to that's not a child and one. That's very even important. If, even if act three of our coverage is gonna be even shorter here, we're all gonna have I think all of us at least have some uh, spot pass paralogs now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well you could also just do the spot pass paralogs just to do the spot pass paralog for the sake yeah, of Yeah. That's true. Because they open up at chapter twenty five, right? Uh yeah, whatever the last before, what was it? No, chapter twenty four. Once you complete chapter twenty four, then you can. Then you can do them, okay? Because I didn't remember that, so I kept like looking. I was like, okay, Emran's dead, so I can probably recruit her now, right? I was like, no, nope. that <laughs> makes sense. The very end of the game. <laughs> nope. Yep. Can you even play them on original hardware now, like practically? I don't know. Because I'm not on Citra for this. Yeah, you, you, you like if. If you're not on Stitcher, then probably don't worry about it, even if it's quote-unquote cheating, but don't tell anyone. Actually, you don't have any. I'm looking at yours. You don't have any spot pass units. No, I don't. Yeah. So problem but, solved. And Citra, I don't know what that is. I'm using my uh, Game Boy Advance or whatever. I to totally this. download this game from the 3DS eShop now that I only have a certain amount of time to add funds to my wallet through either game codes or uh, my Visa card. Right, and if you don't have a... Nintendo has made it so easy to purchase things legally, uh, which has in turn driven down the need for emulation as a means of preservation. I'm glad exactly. they took if... that Gabe Newell quote to heart and they made a better <laughs> service, more convenient than piracy. It's great. Right, and if you don't have enough storage on your SD card or micro SD card and you need to delete games that you've already purchased from download, make sure you fucking download them quick. <laughs> because, uh... So... You're done, I... kid. So that's it for this episode. That's episode two, guys. Flash Act One of Awakening. We will be back in a month with Act Two. Thank you for joining, guys. Have a good one.